Gumbo Podcast. This is episode 75. So I did like a double entrance there because I was live on YouTube, but I wasn't live on my soundboard. Which. Could you let me into the thing so I can comment over here? Yes, but then I think it shows your face. No, I have my camera turned off. But then it shows you on the thing. Oh, wait, I can do this, I think. Everybody's getting to watch us do. And then maybe I can. Nope. 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 Can't do that. Well, all yeah. right, it's fine. We'll leave your little blank screen there. Okay. Okay. Hey, Kendra. So, so oh, Sorry. there's one. Of, uh, there's one of our sponsors. I go ahead and do our sponsor thing because I forgot to do it at the beginning of last one. Oh, so it doesn't let me co- comment anyway. So you can just take it off. So you're gone. We're getting you out of the stream. There we go. What okay. is happening? <laughs> I know it's technology. <laughs> it's, we're always learning. So I don't. I'm, Katie's back next week, but this week. We have got Corey again, filling in for Katie, and then our guest, who's actually in studio, which is technically our first in-studio guest, awesome. so Rachel mm-hmm. can feel special, is uh, Rachel, which is everyone knows as Robert's wife, but also from Powerful Exotics, right? That's the name. Yes, launching soon. Yes. Coming to a theater near you. Uh, awesome. Oh, look, Katie's in the chat. So, uh, I'm not going to do a little blurb like Katie, but if you need a, a good high-quality PVC rack, they need to contact Lone Star Reptile Racks or lsreptileracks.com. So, or come to the Slidell Show this weekend in Slidell, Louisiana. That's going to be a very busy show. Corey, you've never been to that one. That's too far for you. I've, no, it's too far for me. I have court on Fridays, and I can't make it uh, afterwards. Call in sick far. one day. You need to come over to the Slidell Show. I need to check it out at some point. Maybe someday when I'm doing this full-time. It's the worst drive in the world. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. But it's one of the best shows to go to. Yes. But that, that built back up at the Baton Rouge Bridge is awful every yes. single time. Every time. And then again in Lake Charles. Oh, that's Always. so going to suck for me. Yeah. I've ne- See, so I've never had to cross that bridge for the Slidell show because when I lived in Alexandria, I could go north of it and never had to go down to the I-10 bridge. I don't remember the last time I've driven across the I-10 bridge. In case anybody doesn't know, that bridge, I think it's 24 miles long or something like that. It's a oh, ridiculous. you're talking about the uh, the basin. Oh. The basin bridge. We're oh, talking. you're talking about the one in Lake Charles. Lake Charles. Ah, that doesn't bother yeah. me. No, we're not. Nobody. The bridge doesn't bother us. It's the fucking traffic at that traffic bridge. Traffic does suck. Yeah. I hate the I-10 basin bridge between Baton Rouge and Lafayette because if there's an accident, you're stuck there. There's There's no other option. So... But if you're coming from any other direction, feel free to come to Slidell this weekend. <laughs> Last time we were at Slidell, we got to see our buddies Dallas and Amanda Rua from Wiregrass Exotics. If you're in southeast Alabama, I've got to get all my states correct. I've lived in too many states now. I'm confused. Southeast Alabama, go see them at Wiregrass Exotics in Ozark, Alabama. Uh, I've got to make it out there because I want to see their hot room and all their setup and everything. Oh, Darren's talking about the Chesapeake. I've been across the Chesapeake Bay Bridge, too. I used to vi- take uh, summer vacations in Delaware. That bridge does suck. That's one of those weird ones where you're driving, and then you disappear into the ocean. Yeah. Here's what I hate about that bridge. Here's what I hate that I know this. <laughs> that the bridge was built in 1951, 
This is the one in Lake Charles? The one in Lake Charles. It has a structural rating of 24 out of 100, and it is the, it is deemed the most dangerous bridge in the country. Live on I the really edge. wish I didn't know that. Live on the edge. That's the one we can feel moving when we drive over. No, that's no. the one in like in Baton Rouge when you're stopped in traffic on top of the bridge. Oh, that bridge right. is awesome. The you one where you see Death Valley the, from? The it? whole yes. bridge just moving yet. Y'all freak cool. out too much about bridges. I don't like them. Eh. Not going to lie. We'll be fine. But, oh, <laughs> Darren he saw motorcycles racing across the one in Virginia. I've realized living here and being around way more traffic that people on motorcycles are fucking crazy. Because you'll be driving and they'll go past you at like 120 miles an hour. And it just takes one person like switching lane without putting on their flashers to just annihilate that person. So I can't. That's why I can never ride a motorcycle. I don't trust other people. But back to our sponsors. Also in Slidell is the Herb's Reptile Show. We have Slidell this week. We have Oklahoma in two weeks. Then we have, I should have it pulled up, but I don't have it pulled up. Something else. Brian College Station. Brian College Station. I don't know. I got it right here. I know at some point that Conroe sneaks back up on us. We just September. had it, and then like it comes right back up again. It's in September. September. I know we're for... We have... Uh, sorry, we have Slidell, Oklahoma City, then a week off, then Corpus and Brian College Station back-to-back, and then two weeks off, and then Conroe, and then a week off, and then New Orleans, which will be Rachel's birthday weekend. Yes. New Orleans. Yep. Katie comment. Yeah, Katie, you're a little late. We know Conroe is September. Corpus is in August. And then Beaumont is a weekend after that. And then a week off. And then we begin hell. <laughs> which is Pueblo, Waco, Amarillo, Lafayette, and Stafford. Back to back to back to back to back. Amarillo is in the middle of fucking nowhere. Oh, uh, yeah. You haven't been to Pueblo yet, bro. I'm not going to Pueblo. Pueblo is another five hours. That's, that's during the, the school year. I can't make that drive. Right. Yeah. Lucky you. No, that Amarillo show that you drive through a bunch of nothing for like half a day. Well, so there's more going to Amarillo because when you cross the state line into New Mexico, nothing. there's nothing mountains for fields three hours. And then you hit Colorado and you make a right. There's a little town there. Was it Raton? That's in New Mexico. You make a right. Mm-hmm. You cross into the. You go through. Um, the first town there in New Mexico and then in Colorado. That's a bunch of nothing again yeah. for I, I like two more the, hours. I like all the shows that are like three hours away from here. Same. Yes, yes. absolutely. I like to stick to like a four hour kind of radius, but I'm going to go to, I'm going to go to Beaumont this next time. You should. That's, that's going to be a good show. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, a good show. It's also a really good venue. That yeah. Ford Arena or whatever. That's yeah, apparently that's where it is. That's apparently cool. the people that are buying the Ford Arena haven't paid the county, Uh-oh. and the county's mm-hmm. like having uh, executive session meetings talking about canceling their contract and shutting the whole thing down until they find someone to buy it. Because the one commissioner's like, they just need to write us the check for twenty six million dollars. I don't know what the problem is. Just write us a check. Like, <laughs> Let me go and get my check. I can guess out. what the problem yeah. is. Yeah, <laughs> I have a feeling it starts with twenty six. That's the problem. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, but he's like, like, they can worry about securing the funding later. They just need to give us a check. <laughs> That's literally what this, this county commissioner said. I like that venue, county. and I like the hotel we stayed at last time, even yeah. though... I booked my room there yesterday. Even though apparently Katie had a bad time with softball parents. Oh, I should start booking rooms. Parents. That's what I need to do. Yeah, if you're gonna if you're coming to Beaumont, get on there and click yeah. on that link that okay. uh, Lori put up for the 
the Holiday Inn. It's the Hotel nice. Motel Holiday yeah, Inn. It's nice. It's very nice. Cool. Cool. Yeah, it's got a bar, <laughs> bar downstairs. Yep. That and a lobby. And Robert got to take part partake in last time. Yeah. People Robert kept, got drunk last people time. People kept buying me drinks. <laughs> really? <laughs> oh, Robert's a lightweight, Corey. Yeah. Well, drinking. Drinking. Yes. <laughs> oh, anyways. So... Our question this week was, do you keep reptiles with, and this came from, I don't know, this came from you or Robert? I don't Kind of a combination, we were talking about it. Well, it works, because it's it's kind of the same thing with the question. The question is, do you keep reptiles with help from your significant other? If so, how does that dynamic work out? If not, could you ever see yourself doing this? So I wanted to go over a few of our responses, and then I want to get into it with Rachel and Robert, and we'll talk about the dynamic there. I know the dynamic there, but everybody else can hear it. So it'll be interesting. But uh, LaVissa, uh, LaVissa is like one of the first ones to respond on anything we ever post, mm-hmm. which is awesome. Awesome. She said, my husband has no interest in my reptiles, which is fine with me. He's very supportive, just not interested in them himself. In fact, that was though, like I'm sorry, I to, there we go. That was only, I need to learn to read. That was the only ask. Nope. That was just typed weird. It wasn't me. That was the only ask when I got them. He didn't want to have to do anything with them. We have our separate passions and hobbies, which is important in a long-term relationship, which I agree with. Uh, Corey, did, what's the dynamic at your? Is it just you? <laughs> so it's <laughs> almost entirely just me. Um, Chad does so, but he contributes just in a very different way. So he he does do food and water for the rodents, which is awesome. And he watches the four kids and picks up other jobs around the house so that I have time to take care of all the rodent stuff and reptile stuff. So it, he doesn't do a lot of hands-on stuff with it, but he frees up time so that I can spend time doing it. How is he with the snakes? Um, he's not, like, afraid of them, but he's not, he's not comfortable with he them. He doesn't want to be, like, you know, opening bins and... T- and like changing water or cleaning poop. Like that's not his thing. So, yeah. So how did that go the first time you're like, Hey, we should buy snakes. And then you're like, Hey, we should buy not cheap snakes. (laughs) So he, um, we originally got our first ones for our kid. And then, um, when I started getting into it, he's just like, this is absolutely freaking ridiculous. (laughs) And, I mean, he's not wrong, but, um, it, it's been a, it's been a constant negotiation at this point. He's like, I know I'm not going to stop you. My goal is just to slow you down. (laughs) It's, you need that little voice in your head to go, Hey, this may not be the right thing. Like, no, we can't spend $10,000 on a Boland's Python. I'm not buying a Boland's. I told you. I know. I'm saying that's why he's there. He's there to help you. Yep. Yep. He helps. So (laughs) that's what he does, but he's, he's not really hands-on with, with, the business itself. Gotcha. Um, it'd be great if he if he could be a little bit as the kids grow up and all that sort of thing. But do the kids want to be involved at all? No, <laughs> no. Which sucks. I was really, really hoping. Like my sixteen year old. You'd think that a sixteen year old could be motivated by earning money, but he's just like fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to the one snake you bought for a kid? Do they still have yeah, that? Yeah, so one? he like the idea of animals he doesn't so much like the taking care of That's the animal portion of it yeah so um she's that snake is still we still have her she's in my in my racks 
she bred a clutch for me. She's like way not an animal that I would otherwise have um, in my collection, but all the kids love her. So we're kind of stuck with her. Yeah, she was. Yeah, she just like I'd say she had normal ball python, but normal ball pythons don't exist. So yeah, no, she's a pastave. Gotcha. Yeah. Yep. Fancy. Yep. <laughs> oh, so uh, Chris, I like Chris, man. He gave the whole conversation on how this went with his, with his wife. He said, our conversation started like this. I was thinking of getting another snake. Her, not a chance. Don't like them. Then he said, ever held one? She said, no. And then she said, okay, you can get one. And he told her he ordered four vivariums. And then fast forward three years, they have 30 boas. And he's away on a trip. And she's taking care of them, watering them, filling out uh, feed charts and all that stuff. And now she's uh, helping them and taking care of all that, which is really awesome. Uh, And then John Grant is I guess lucky his wife doesn't read his responses because he's still alive. <laughs> but John John Grant said, nope, I do it all alone, which we know is a fucking lie. Yep. 100% because I've met his wife, and she's now going to kill him now that she sees that. But uh, Cal- Callie Grant does a lot, which we'll see this mm-hmm. weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marie Cheshire said, my husband is basically my assistant. He primarily fills up my humidifiers and misters, but will occasionally do other things like feeding if she asks nicely. James, your wife wants to know what you say her contribution. I'll get to her later. She's not here. She's on. <laughs> oh, I was going to ask him as soon as he was done reading. I, I'll get to it. It'll be fine. She does nothing. See how long it takes for her to respond there. James will be dead. <laughs> uh, Daisy Hernandez says, I 100, 100% support my boyfriend. But that is his thing. If he needs help or something, he asks. But just like how I have my own hobbies to have my own alone time, same thing for them. Uh, Emily says he plays with them while I take care of them. Hey, that comes in handy sometimes. Sometimes I'll call my daughter in to just like hold something so I can do do clean it real quick and not have to like put it in another tub. Uh, Tracy, who's in the chat, says I definitely do the most with our reptiles and have the most interest in them but my husband will help me when I need it and enjoys them too I think if we were both as interested in the hobby as I was uh, as I was or I I can't read today uh, we'd have way too many and get overwhelmed I think that's probably better for most people that their significant other doesn't like them as much because I don't think I know our household couldn't afford it if we both wanted to buy snakes all the time <laughs> so that comes in. Handy. I don't know. There's also some really awesome couples who do it together that it's like, it's, it's neat to see how much they enjoy it together. Forget them. No, <laughs> uh, Victor said, my wife just tolerates me having them. She likes the ball pythons more than the colubrids. That's probably because colubrids move quicker. Uh, shit a ton and smell bad. I was like, they smell bad. They smell bad because they shit a lot. Uh, Maria says he doesn't really work with the reptiles, but he has my back hundred percent. The helper I have is my oldest daughter. She actually is running her own project this year. Having said that he will lend me a hand here and there if I need it. Uh, kids are helpful as, as you know, forced child labor. It's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Reggie says my missus is fine with me having them and they've taken over every room in the flat. Uh, I know that feeling. That's not that bad right now. Cause there's not actually a reptile in this room. Shocking. It's about the only one. There's not one in your bedroom. Nope, there is. Oh, there is. There's a crest. It's not mine. There's a crest gecko in there. There's not one in your living room, is there? There's not one in the living room. There is a fish in the kitchen, and I still have a fish tank in Louisiana and stuff in your. Yeah, in Katie's craft room. Yeah, there's a bearded dragon, a Euromastix, a little fat salamander thingies, newts. Yep. Uh, 
Joe's bath. Our bathrooms. No, there's an ant in my bathroom. Yeah, yeah. There's. It's in almost every room of our house. Uh, Bill Bradley. So Bill, Bill Bradley's cheating here. I'm guessing that Catherine Lewis is Joe. I no, no. I think that's. I don't know. I think she just. I don't know. Now I'm confused. <laughs> There's too many. I'm, I'm moving on. Bill Bradley said she started out scared of snakes, which I find hilarious, and now does at least as, at least as many shows as he does every year. Uh, Katie. Yeah, it's, it's both. So Bill and his wife do educational outreach shows uh, with reptiles, and they have a lot. And they've got monitors, and which is way more work than I would ever do. Uh, we're spoiled with snakes. Mm-hmm. It's very That's easy. why I have snakes. <laughs> yeah, it's very easy just to be like screw it and like leave for a week or two on vacation and come back and yep. they're still there. Whereas like I don't know about UV lights. That's the only thing. That's the biggest pain in the butt with the lizards and the tortoises is UV. I swear I hate having to deal with that. Although when I get paid, there is a new UV company out there that I he plan on has them back in stock as of about an hour ago. I saw that. Nice. So <clears throat> everybody out there, if you need UV lights, look up VivTech and get you a UV light that'll last for four years. And it's an LED. So, uh, Jeff said, yes, teamwork makes the dream work. That's a corny-ass line. <laughs> um, he says, because we met we met because of reptiles. In the beginning, it was hard getting on the same page as far as we do. I can see that being an issue. I can see a couple getting into reptiles together at the same time being much easier than two completely different people into reptiles getting together. Because... I've been to other people's reptile rooms and I don't clean. I don't do, I don't, we don't all do things the same. So now if you're having right. to live and share the same reptile room, that's gotta be just a pain in the butt until you get on the same page there. Or it could cause a divorce. One of the two. Uh, Chris Sexton <laughs> says wife supports the passion, but doesn't like the animals. says his daughter is his partner in the room. Uh, yeah, she's awesome. She's with him all the time. Yeah. So I, my, I could probably get my daughter more involved, but the problem is it's just it's so much faster if it's just me. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm, again, I've already said this before. When it comes to like in my snake room, I get lazy and I can do things much faster by myself and not be in there forever. Chris Burns, I do it alone. My wife is supportive and is okay with me taking over part of the house with the reptiles. And she prints off his shipping labels for him because shipping a snake means money. <laughs> <laughs> That's, nice. Well, at least you got the priorities. Yep. Uh, then old Heidi Jack, as, as Chris likes to say. <laughs> so Heidi and Jack, yes, it works out very well. He does all the work, and she tells him what to do. That I believe. I fully believe that one. Yes. Uh, Randy says, my wife helps with the monitors, and I do the snakes myself. More power to you with the monitors. Especially, like, I, I, I'm always amazed people that have water monitors or crocodile monitors. Anything over three foot. It's just it's way too much time, too much space. That's just that's a different lifestyle. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't work. I I couldn't do it the way I'd want to because I don't want massive enclosures. Mm-hmm. But then my enclosure ends up costing more than like most things I own for myself. So, Lance Kirkman said, Becky and I support each other. I've met them. They both do their stuff together. And then Tom Morris, the third. I've ne- I, you rarely ever see someone put the third or junior on their Facebook name. But said, my wife helps and is actually really good at good at it, but doesn't like doing it. Well, I don't like doing some of it. Like cleaning up poop. Uh, it's a hard one. She only feeds the iguana. She does. That's more. I wouldn't want to feed the iguana. <clears throat> I've worked with iguanas, and I don't like them. Uh, oh, Sean says Lori is just happy the animals are in a separate building now. 
<laughs> well, she's happy that the scaly ectothermic animals are in a separate building because she's okay with a giant rat with a pouch hopping around the house. <laughs> so, Grant is adorable. Just the furry ones are allowed in the house. Uh, okay, so I'll answer. So Katie does. Katie is not. How about this? Because she's going to say, no matter what I say, she's going to comment. I know she will. Katie helps and she's supportive, but it's not her thing. So she has some reptiles that are like her classroom reptiles and they're in the house and she'll take care of them here during the summer. And they may or may not go back to the classroom now. We don't know with the moving to a new state, new schools and all. But uh, if I ask her to come in and help, she will definitely 100% do it. Um, and I mean, she'll help grab snakes that will that will risk like really biting you and stuff like that. She'll help me with that. And so that's great. But it's not her thing. I mean, so that's why this whole area in our house next to the room next to the podcast room has got all her quilting stuff and it's going to have all of her vinyl and all of her craft stuff because she's got her own hobbies like a lot of people in here say uh oh sean gonna say his leeches are ectotherms in the house that's because he has that awesome cage by uh focus, uh, cube. focus cube with the leeches in it that big purple nice. and green cage so that that's an kind of like art in your house plus it's a leechie I'd, I'd be afraid anything happened out there but no, Katie helps. Like I said, it's just not her thing. So I know how the dynamic works between Robert and Rachel. I don't think it works the way most people assume it does by just meeting Robert. So Rachel, I'll ask you, how does the dynamic work for y'all? Robert feeds the colubrids, and I do everything else. <laughs> That's pretty much right. Robert half the time doesn't know what's in the snake room. No, he doesn't. If you want to talk genetics or what's the next project coming up. Talk to what, Logan. <laughs> yeah, or me. Logan and I love to get in genetic conversations. He's my little genetics buddy, and he helps me out in the snake room all the time. Uh, it doesn't take much for me to get him up there to do something. Uh, he's very willing. The other one, Lily, she doesn't really want to do anything with him if she doesn't have to. <laughs> yeah, but she's getting more and more into it. She has gotten more into it. She definitely she, likes her bearded dragons. Yeah. And, uh, they, and she's been helping me water the snakes more. They were in Galveston last night, her and Brittany, her girlfriend, and Brittany's mom. And they went and played putt-putt golf. And uh, they found a cottonmouth, a baby cottonmouth, curled up on the putt-putt golf course. That's safe. So she went up front and told one of the guys, and he's like, oh, yeah, happens all the time. He had tongs in a tub. That's awesome. And she was like, you're not going to kill it, right? If you are, I'll take care of it and go move it because we keep snakes, and I don't want you to kill it. And That's awesome. Like, no, 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 we're not killing it. So, yeah. That, but where if you knew where the putt-putt golf course was in Galveston, you would understand. It's like we're on the edge of a marsh. Yep. So, yeah, he said it happens all the time. So what's funny there is <clears> that <throat> Lily's getting involved. Her girlfriend, Brittany, is far more involved <laughs> oh, in yeah. helping deal with y'all's animals than Lily Oh, is. Brittany full-on takes care of the snake room for me anytime we're gone. If I need things watered <laughs> or if I need things fed, she happily goes in there and takes care of it for us. So let's get into what is in your your reptile room. Uh, it's not really – there's racks that he made, but it's your reptile room besides the fact that he spent the money on them. Because that's, that's how I see it at a show. We're like either you or Logan come and go, hey, I really want this. How much is it? Okay, and then he has no idea what he got. I've seen him on Sundays go, huh, that's what we got. And it's been sitting there at the tables and Saturday. Usually it's how many racks do I have to give up for this? <laughs> that is true. I'm currently in need of two racks, by the way. Yeah. Uh, so, I don't have any extra room. <laughs> what all do you keep? That's amazing. Ball pythons. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. And then I have a host of colubrids but all the corn snakes belong to logan he has purchased them with his own money that he has earned by working at the shows or working for us uh he's very good at 
picking out exactly what he wants. So we have MBKs. We have hog noses. Um, do you think you would have as many corn snakes as, as you do if Russell wasn't at shows? No. No. 100%. Okay. Because I know I, would not, I know I would not have the two corn snakes I have if Russell was not at shows. I'm a little scared to go to the show this weekend because he's bringing a shit ton of babies with him. He's bringing a shit ton and he half shot a clutch and we're like, our name is on a female. Because Logan wanted the fem- one of the females out of it. Yeah. That's, I, I just figured, because Logan, you can find him either walking around with the dog or behind Russell's table. Yes. And I, I know at Amarillo, he was behind Russell's table for most of the show. Oh, yeah. He loves hanging out with Russell. Russell is so awesome by answering all of his questions and putting up with him the whole time. Yes. I mean, Logan's a good kid. He's not bad to be around. So Katie pointed out you do have an MBK. You have two MBKs. I actually have three, three and I'm picking up a life. fourth. <laughs> That's right. You have a huge male, right? I do. Our male is six foot long. Yeah. That's a one really big male. The female is not that small. Dahlia is probably, She's probably three, and a half. three and a half feet and Morticia's right on her tail. Yeah. Which we've had. The, the one that's in the tank, we've had her since she was a hatchling. A hatchling. Some guy I've told a friend of mine, I need to get rid of the snake. Do you know anybody? And he messaged me. And at 930 at night, I drove to Santa Fe and went and got her for free. And, uh, and then uh, like a week later, he gave us a spider ball python. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which now had lives with the little girl in Alvin. Who absolutely loves it. Yeah. So, um, go ahead. Yeah. So we'll have... Two females. So our big male I bought off Craigslist in San Antonio driving home from El Paso two summers ago. And we weren't sure if he was an MBK or a black milk because he's so big. But yeah. I showed photos of him to Jerry Salmon and quite other people and guys that I trust to say. And they all said, you know, he's definitely an MBK. He's just, just huge. Plus, you're not going to get yeah. lucky enough to find a full-grown black right. milk. Well, this, so the guy I got him from, his wife died at 31 from breast cancer and they were her snakes and he was a truck driver. And, uh, I pull in the driveway. He actually lives in three rivers, lived in three rivers, Texas, which is about an hour and a half South of San Antonio. And, uh, I pull in the driveway and there's a tote sitting in the driveway and he's like, he's in there, open it up. I'm like, fuck, I hope he's nice. (laughs) So I open it up and reach in and pulled him out and he was super chill and, the guy's like, I got some other snakes too. I'm like, well, what do you got? He's like, well, I got a male hog nose. Okay, how much? He said, 50 bucks. I said, well, I'll take that. And he's like, and uh, I got some cow kings. I'm like, you can have them, some bitches. I don't need those. <laughs> and then he's like, uh, I'll tell you what, I'll give you the hog nose free if you'll take this leopard gecko. Leopard gecko, like, bad, bad MBD. Yeah. Um, which we still have him. He's still wow. doing well. He's. I mean, he has no feet. Yeah, when we all. got him, he had severe stuck shut on his toes. Yeah. And it, no matter what we tried, and we tried so hard, it just didn't come off, and he lost all of them in the front. But he eats like a champ yeah. and runs around. Runs around, him. and yeah. yeah. So uh, named him Rocky because he's a fighter. But uh, so I ended up leaving there with that hog nose, which was uh, the meanest freaking hog nose you've ever met. <laughs> I'm pretty sh- sure he may have been wild caught. I don't know. He's a Western, so I don't know. Um, so he, uh, yeah, that's how I ended up with that big email. I was fucking, I'm going on. I, I know I told all you guys this. I slept like an hour last night. I just had one of those weird nights where I couldn't sleep. And, uh, and then 
I'm stupid and forgot my thumb drive at the shop yesterday and had to drive 30 minutes to the shop to drive 30 <laughs> minutes back to go cut one piece of PVC and then drive 30 minutes back to the shop today. Hey, speaking morning. of the shop, there's Robbie. Hey, Robbie. Hey, yeah. <laughs> but, uh... So, I may say some crazy shit tonight that may not even be, <laughs> may not even be English. Like, I don't even know what comes yeah. out of my mouth. Victor says he has a friend in Florida that has black milk, so I hadn't bred them yet. You yeah. should get them to breed them because you don't see black milks barely anywhere. Mm-mm. And they get so big and they're cool. But I think it's like you said, the problem is selling black milks because they start out looking like a milk snake. They right. start out different colors and they turn black as they get older. It's a, and so it's just like Corey knows. It's hard to sell somebody on what it's going to look like. Yep. So with, yep. with black milks, it's very hard when you have a baby black milk here and a baby black uh, Mexican black king over here and go, well, this one's already black. I'll get that one. Mm-hmm. Oh, like, absolutely. But this one's going to be that black and two times that size. Yeah, this will be gigantic and yeah. black. So. <laughs> uh, uh, Sean says the most he's heard you talk on any episode, Robert. Yeah. I'll keep this going. So going back to our question about uh, spouses helping. Robert, when is the last time you cleaned a reptile cage? Uh, <laughs> I just love that. I can answer that question. Uh, about a month and a half ago, we redid yeah. everybody, all uh, the colubrids bedding. Yeah. And so the two of us sat in the snake room and yeah. knocked it all out. I can't sit in the snake room. Y'all do heat. I can't do that. No, we I turned it off. That. Oh, okay. I did that top... Uh, that top T8, yeah. Um, I completely cleaned it out and disinfected mm-hmm. it and set it up for that new the MBK to move in there. So I think just a couple months ago. I just think most people, and and I think it kind of leads to some we'll talk about later, but most people would assume that in the relationship, you'd be the one that does all the work with the reptiles. But I just wanted to make sure everybody understands it's definitely Rachel. Oh, yeah. No, I tell it. people all the time I build enclosures and I build racks. My wife breeds snakes. Yes. Um, I, yeah, I'm just the bank. Yes. So. That's why I love whenever we're at a show and she gets something, your first thing to do is pull up Morph Market and just figure out what the calculator, what you're going to get if you breed it. Yeah, I mean, that's not the first thing I do, but... That's right. You have to hand over the money first. <laughs> but then you do the Morph Market to see what you're going to get. But I've I already mean, figured it all out by that time. Everything's yes. an investment, man. Yeah, of course you have. I look at it and I'm like, okay, you I know, can breed this this year, and then in three years I'll get this. And You know, like last week we talked about how so many people are scared to talk about, about it like it's a business, um, like it's some kind of taboo. Yeah. But it's it's not. I mean, you can still love the animals and take great care of them and still treat it as a business. Absolutely. That was a post that was oh, there was a post on our on our group page this week with the scaleless cobra. Mm-hmm. And it kind of ties into that. Uh, one person commented uh, how horrible it was about scaleless things being bred, this and that, and that it's only for the money, yada, yada, yada. Uh, I thought. Actually, I thought Blake did a pretty good job of, of, of explaining it. Yeah, it is, it is for the money. I mean, breeding a scaleless anything is for the money because in nature, th- that stuff doesn't work out. That's how nature is. It's, you know, obviously I'm going to breed this so I can make money so I can buy more of something else. Um, I, I agree that saying it's, that it's a business is not bad. It's, it's when it's, and we've said it before, if someone's doing it just as a business and they're not a reptile person, they won't be doing it long. Because, Corey, you're not going into your room and cleaning shit for three hours just yeah, to make some money. No, I'm saying just to make money. Oh, like, yeah, no, no. I have, I have much better ways Corey's to like, make money. Corey's like, bullshit. I do it all the time. No, no, no. Corey's no, like, I, I have, I, I, if I was just in it for money, I have other avenues I could pursue that would require a lot less cleaning shit. Yeah, selling drugs is way easier. Yeah. Just saying. Not that, that I know said, I'm... I really try to work it as if it's a business. I figure, course, that said, I don't sell drugs. <laughs> so true, but in that whole in that thing, I the person talking about the scaleless uh, 
Cobra argued how horrible it was that they keep doing this. And, yada, yada. and Blake said, look, it's the same thing as, sell- as someone selling hairless cats or selling hairless dogs. Uh, the scaleless Cobra is it's the same thing. And, and in nature, they are in captivity where they're being born and being bred cat and raised and all that. They're doing just fine. They're growing to old ages. Now, I'm not a scaleless snake fan, but that's why I don't own any. Like you don't have to like them for, to be okay with them being out there. Now there are certain things, uh, certain things that are bred that I'm not a fan of. That I don't. That maybe we shouldn't breed, but they're working and they're fine. I just don't have them in my house, which go, kind of goes to a lot of what we saw this week online. We're just if you don't like it, shut the hell up, move on. Yeah, and you know every time I see the comment where someone says. Um, the scaleless snakes don't have their natural protection that the other snakes had. People who actually keep scaleless snakes laugh at that when they see it. It's never said by anybody who's ever had a scaleless animal because they, you don't treat them any differently. People think that they're just like this soft thing, and if you if you accidentally touch them, you're going to cut them. They're, it's not like that at all. It's just like your skin. Well, and I love they don't have the natural protection. They're not in nature. Right. Nothing we do is natural. Right. And, and when people want to talk about the... Uh, I'm going to... Give me a second. Y'all talk. Let me find. I'm going to find this post because there were some like things in it. two scaleless corn snakes. Yeah. Currently, they're pretty damn cool. I like them. Do you guys have to do anything different with their husbandry? Nope. Nothing at all. They nothing. live on Aspen just like anybody else. And if there was a bad shed, we'd do the same thing we would do for any other snake in our, in mm-hmm. our reptile room. Yeah. Our, our, little, our little female scaleless corn shed everything but like... Right behind her head the other a couple yeah. weeks ago, and she was dragging the entire shed around. Aww. And well, I opened her up and I gave her water. I filled up her water, and she didn't move. And I thought that was weird. She was just like looking at me, and I closed it up and I went about my business. And I was like, something wasn't right. And I opened it up, and she's still sitting in the same spot. And so I kind of stuck my hand in there to see if she would come to the front, and she went to move. And I realized she was like stuck. So I reached in and grabbed her, and I was like, oh shit! Well, so I just. um I gave her a, a just a quick little soak. I think, yeah. We gave her a soak and we put her on paper towels. Gave her a quick little soak and put her on paper towels for a couple of days on wet paper towels, and she got it right off, no problem. But hell, that could happen with any mm-hmm. anyone. It didn't have anything to do with her being scaleless. Yeah, sure. Well, <laughs> on this one with the scaleless cobra, uh, Blake talks about people. People <clears throat> jump on a lot of bandwagons in the hobby and will bash stuff without any experience. Again, we'll talk about some of that stuff later. But he talked about it with this cobra, and the, and the person's argument was it's the type of deformation. Well, everything we do is a type of deformation. Every, albino, and all this stuff isn't the natural color. It's not what millions of years has evolved them into looking like. You know, a banana, whatever, whatever you want, ball python, isn't a natural thing. And now, when I say that, and I know Sean's going to go, it is natural. They do the, the genes do pop up naturally. But we all know that albino animals don't tend to survive in the wild because it's like a giant neon sign that says, eat me. So... It's a weird place to draw that moral line, apparently, based on this person, our ethical line on what what mutation or what deformation, as he wanted to word it, is okay. But as far as the scaleless stuff, I know like the scaleless ball pythons, you have to keep them a little uh, a little different from what I hear. Just like they sh- so shedding is an issue sometimes, but that doesn't change their life. Like they're still fine, and I've seen people with them, and they still do okay, and all that. JT says he wants a scaleless sulcata. As long as it's not a scutless sulcata, will be good, right? Oof. 
that would be horrifying. Now, the person that was talking with Blake on there is actually a friend of mine, and he's a great keeper. And he keeps venomous. Um, he admins a couple of the groups. Great guy. Uh, you know, just he looks at things differently. And that's and my thing, though, is if you don't like them, no one's putting it in your collection. Right. You're good. Just keep going on take care of your collection. So I want to go back and look at this. We talked about the idea of things being a business. And uh, Sean says there's usually a single moment when the switch flips from just a hobbyist to the realization that it can be a business. Um, yeah. So, like, Corey, got a snake yeah. for, you got a snake for your kid. Mm-hmm. And then fast forward now, it is now a business. Yes. What was that moment? What was the thing for you that said, all right, I, I'm going to go do this? So... I don't know. I, I actually don't know of like, I, I can't identify a moment. It's just, it's kind of been a slow progression. Not, uh, not slow. It's been pretty fast for <laughs> me. It's been pretty fast for you. Yeah, no. Um, but it's, it's, it's been, you know, it hasn't just been all of a sudden overnight. I went from just, you know, having a few animals to, um, you know, I, I kind of <clears throat> pretty early on when I got into it, I got it into it with an eye of like, it would be cool to make some of these someday. And so I started paying more attention to, you know, looking at things like recessive projects and that kind of thing. And so I don't know, it, it was pretty quick that I realized I wanted to breed. And then once I've run businesses before, and so I think my brain just kind of turned that pretty easily into, um, I could be more organized about how I do this and went that direction. Our buddy John Grant said know. the moment he walked into his barn and realized he had 435 snakes was when he realized it needed <laughs> to be a business. Yes. Either it needs to be a business or you have a problem. So that's... that's <laughs> or you the, need an intervention. Yes. Uh, I was trying to read what... Oh, Sean was talking about the uh, scale list and different mutations. If it's not something that hinders their quality of life or a fatal gene, who cares? I agree. Yeah. You yeah. don't... Again, you don't have to own it. Yeah, Rachel, how about you? How did you like how did you get into this and when did you kind of decide you wanted to do this a little bit more seriously? So, I've always liked snakes. Mm-hmm. It's never been something that I didn't want. Robert was the one who didn't want to have anything to do with it. And I had tried a few times and was always shut down. And then I get a call one I, I day when he's that. in El Paso saying, "Hey, guess what? I just bought a hog nose." I was like, "When you get back, I get a ball python." Yes. <laughs> and uh, that was two years ago yeah, that no. I got my first ball python. No, and it's over a hundred. We've got about a hundred reptiles right now. That's awesome. Yeah, I had a customer. Sean said he came home one day from work, and Lori said, "Hey, let's go buy this entire collection." I had a customer today that he's bought some racks from me. Um, he bought forty-seven. His first purchase was forty-seven snakes, one of which was a gravid hurricane. Oh my! Female. Wow! Um, and yeah, he already has the baby. Hatched. He bought the clutch like. Three months ago and has babies already. Wow. Um, yeah, bought the whole uh, uh, Hurricane Hit Ultramel. Holy um, cow. Yeah. So, uh, we talk about some pretty, pretty, pretty snakes. See, pretty. I feel like I'm the odd one here. I've kept snakes for almost 20 years. And, like, I've got a business name, but it's not a business. I mean, it's 100% a hobby. I'm, I may have three litters of snakes this year. And they'll sell in, you know, once they start selling, they'll go in probably a month or two. And then I'll have no snakes for an entire year. So it's, I get those emails from people because they saw that I sold a Sambo. And they go, hey, do you have Sambos? And it's like three months down the line. I'm like, no, mm-hmm. I don't. I have like two or three litters of Sambos a year. Uh, like hopefully our Sambos can breed next year. The yeah. ones we have. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have aspirations of my breeding being a business. 
because um, it's just not for me. Like I get mm-hmm. it for like you want you want it to be your business, and I enjoy going to the shows, and so I breed enough snakes to afford me the ability to go do reptile shows and hang out with everybody. Um, and now living here near Robert, I can go to reptile shows and help sell reptile racks and hang out with everybody. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it's a hundred percent a hobby. And so it goes back to again, you do whatever you want to do. Absolutely. Yep. My main goal Absolutely. was to get to where I could, you know, work for our business. Yeah. And that has actually happened. I recently got to quit cleaning houses and I work fully for Lone Star and Powerful Exotics now, which has made a huge difference just in the very few short weeks that it's happened. Yes. yes. That's so awesome. It has been a quality of life enhancer. Yes. I bet it has. I feel Definitely. like the whole house is much happier. <laughs> Sean Gray said he went from 10 geckos to 200 overnight. And then was producing nearly a thousand babies a year. Holy shit! That's a lot of fucking lizards. It is. That uh, now I know he does not do that anymore because he doesn't have the time. But that just I I would get burned out. That's my only problem. Like I hear about some of these large numbers of litters and their clutches or whatever people are having. I know myself. I would get burnt out having that many babies to have to take care of on top of the animals I would need to be able to produce that many babies. Uh, Sean said he always said if we broke even at the end of the year, they're happy. And see that to me doesn't mean it can be a business though. Is cause I'm just, you're not aiming to neither one of you, any of y'all are aiming to break even at the end of the year. No, no. anymore. And so I think that's when you realize that you're doing it more as a hobby. Now, hot Sean's just doing it on a very large hobby scale that happened to pay mm-hmm. and they broke even. But, uh, you know, like JT now has moved into his second, uh, location for a pet store. I think and it's, is it third? Is it your third or second, JT? Either way, yeah. it's, I mean, he's grown, and that's in a very short amount of time, and he's done an amazing job and turned that into a very, very good business. Um, so, yeah, it just it all depends. You know, mm-hmm. I don't think it being a business is bad. Oh, yeah, Sean says they were both working at the same time, wow. too. Yeah, that, that would, that uh, unfortunately. That sounds, that sounds like a lot. Well, unfortunately, a lot of people have a job. They want to make this a business. They go out and they buy an entire collection after only having one or two snakes. And then that that burns them out and they leave the hobby for good. And then they're selling that collection again to somebody else. Whereas if they just yeah. would have kept a handful of snakes, they'd have done that forever. I feel like 18 months is a big like pressure point where you see a lot of people start exiting who like yes. went in heavy. Yes. Well, when they realize they spent a ton of money and they haven't mm-hmm. had the return yet. Because yeah, it's, it's such a waiting game. It's not like you're going to make money overnight with it. Um, a lot of people yeah. don't realize how long three years is. Mm-hmm. Yes. I can tell you it's taking a very long time to grow <laughs> up all these, uh, these babies that I have. Uh, I've got cool stuff growing up. And mm-hmm. uh, it'll be nice to see what they can produce here in a couple more years. And that's where it's not wrong for it to be a business. Uh, because the only way you're staying in this and raising a baby for three, four, five years to breed it is if you enjoy it. Because those people yeah. that get them, I, I was on, so I was on, uh, I did the 15 minutes of lame on snakes and the fat man of the day. And I was talking to Chris and, uh, he always asked the question at the very beginning of those 15 minutes of lame, uh, why should someone buy from you? And the one that always gets me, and I told him this was when people always, well, I have quality. I was like, that's a bullshit answer because. I've seen so many people in this hobby who are just buying adults from someone else when that adult wasn't enough quality for that person to keep breeding. 
So don't give me – if you have quality, you went out and you bought the best babies you could find and you raised them up. Now, there are – don't get me wrong. There are definitely situations where people look into having very high-quality adults. But that is not the overwhelming majority of people. They want instant <laughs> satisfaction. So they're buying cheap-ass adults at low quality. What? I was laughing at James's. Well, Rigoli. so Callie said it's her third store, JT's second. Ah. But yeah, I like Bergoli's answer. That's why I have my wife's bread to compensate for my business. <laughs> your wife needs to make more bread, and you could just quit your business. Because that stuff would sell like crazy. Uh, JT said, we have friends all the time, see our stuff, start collecting animals, uh, get to 15 or 20, and realize it's so much work, and then they get rid of them. And that happens a lot. That, that means that it's not meant to be a business for you, and it's not meant to be mm-hmm. a business for everyone. Uh, when it becomes work... I hope when people hit that point that it doesn't just totally kill the joy of the animals for them. Like, I feel like right. that's the really yeah. unfortunate thing. And it happens. It definitely yeah. happens that way. And so that that's the one thing about this hobby. I, there are so many different paths and ways you can do this hobby. It does not have to be done the same as everyone else. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Um, not everyone needs to be a breeder. Yep. Not everyone needs to run a business. There's lots of ways to enjoy the animals. That's right. Just lots of them. Yeah, I I didn't buy my first snake going, oh, man, I'm going to buy the snake, and then I'm going to breed it. That was I don't think breeding came into my thought until two or three years, three or four years down the line of having them. I was like, well, this would be cool to get a female at some point and breed this. Um, I mean, my second snake wasn't even the same species. I bought another type of bow because I was like, I want a different snake. But so many people walk into a reptile show, and all of us see it because we're at reptile shows on a regular basis. They walk in going, I'm going to do this. And then they just jump in, and I'm like, you haven't kept anything you'll watch them come in and they'll buy five ball pythons those are the first five ball pythons they've ever owned they don't know anything about them where they come from the care it takes how to actually take care of because you'll watch them go well i need to feed it twice a week right Mm. like no Mm. don't do that yikes you know or i need a heat rock no don't do that you know so i just it's one of those hobbies i wish people would take slower more often than not we took our time, uh, and then in the last year, we've definitely made very particular choices in purchasing ball pythons. Yeah. Um, I've got things that when I realized what they cost, I was like, damn, but I want it. Yeah. <laughs> and we got it. We yeah. we started with the shotgun effect like everybody does. Yeah. Oh, that's for sale? It's cheap? Mm-hmm. But. And then uh, we've since, you know. Gotten rid of. Gotten rid of a lot of those. All and that almost. So Sean says, I'm going to do two things. One, Sean, first thing he said a second ago was when they started breeding higher quality items, like higher quality lizards, things that brought a larger mm-hmm. price tag, that's when they started making some money, which is really what it takes. You you can't go out and buy a pastel well, a pastel and a Mojave and just breed uh, breed that all the time and go, I'm going to make $100,000. Yeah. yeah. No, but you might make $100. Yeah. Like, that's not how that works. Just because you have some genes doesn't mean that's how that works. Yeah. Well, and you get people, too, that I talk to them at every show. I'm going to buy this, and I'm going to buy this, and next year I'm going to make this, and I'm going to make this much. I'm like, you have no idea. You <laughs> might slug out. You might – one of your snakes could die. You, It's farming. Yeah. yeah. Say it all the time. It's, no, that's it, the thing I think people forget about here. Like, these are living things. Right. Like, 
they could, you know, you can get a female that just for whatever reason never decides to get it going with cycling. Right. You could, you know, I, I know someone who spent a huge amount of money and their animal ended up being a hermaphrodite. Like, there are lots of different <laughs> yep. things that can happen at, that go, leave where your plans go astray because they're living things and they don't always go according to our plans. And you've got to be able to roll with those punches. And that's a hard yeah. one. I just had somebody the other day say that they spent six or seven thousand dollars on a male and he's five years old now and shows zero interest in females yeah every time they put him in they're like i don't know what to do i'm like man that's just it just happens i've got some samboas that i'm hoping at some point decide they want to breed they're definitely old enough they're definitely big enough yeah but it's they're they're just not doing the job yet uh sean said if you aren't having fun with this you're whoops it scrolled away y'all are all talking and then it moved hold on i'll tell you one second he says, if you aren't having fun with this, you're doing it wrong. We are a very small percentage of the population that are able to truly make a living off of something that we love, which is true. I know that if I wanted to, I could definitely go down a path that I could turn this into to more. But again, I, I know myself and I know that's not the path for me. And it may, and it's definitely the path for others. Um, Callie says, we have customers in the shop that say this or try to start and then stop. I, I was, that's hard for me to read. I don't know where you're going, Callie. I'm lost. But uh, I, I think Sean's point about building reputation is really important too, because it's the very rare person who can just show up out of nowhere and sell a five thousand dollars snake. Like yeah. it takes time to to you know well be tr- become trustworthy. Katie, the reason you can't see Sean's comments is because he's no. commenting on Facebook. Yeah, you're on YouTube. So Corey, with that said. You know, you watch things like Justin Kabilka's videos on Facebook, and you see these five gene animals, and and this person that owns a one banana and one pie, it sees that and he goes, "Oh, I can do that." Uh, I'm not gonna say you can't do that. I'm just gonna say the odds of the average person being able to do what Justin did is not going to happen. It's it's not, and, and well, if you and do not with those particular animals, yeah, and even then, the other part of that is all right. Let's say you do get the right animals and you do breed them. Justin sold whatever it was for $10,000. Don't go out there and go, I'm going to make $10,000. No, you're not. You're not. Your name's not Justin Kabilka. Right. Your name's not Ozzy. Like, the, it's a hobby where right. your name is definitely super important, and you don't want to ruin that. Um, and, I mean, and we've seen that with things like The Rex. There's definitely a company out there that has screwed people over multiple times, and their name is is poison when it comes to buying a rack. Right. Um, it, and, and it affects all of us. I had a customer yesterday who's bought from me three times, but almost didn't buy again because I don't have PayPal anymore because of all the bullshit with PayPal. And he's like, I'm just afraid that, you know, using something that doesn't have buyer protection. So I sent him a link to, you know, Square's buyer protection and showed him it's actually better. And he ended up purchasing. But that company had him scared. Yeah. Um, even though he's done business with me three times already. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... And so it's very easy to – now, with that said, and we'll talk about this in a little bit, there are times when I'm – there are times when – I don't – how do I put this? You can ruin your name by doing something bad. There are also times when people on the internet will say bad things about you and you just ignore that shit. A lot, I've, on the internet, there are a lot of people that feel their, their opinion is the only important opinion. And it's an important opinion to them, but it is not the only opinion. And that has happened a lot over several different things this past week. Um, Jump back real quick. Darren says, talking about uh, 
Kabilka, he produces multiples of that elusive gene. That's because he sees that as a business. And at no point do I think watching Justin Kabilka, he goes, oh, he's just doing this for the money. That dude would breed whatever snake he wants to breed. He just has the mind to go, I can do that and run it as a business. Mm -hmm. That's the reason when he says red stripe, which was a shitty gene that no one wanted. And he makes one animal with it and shows it the right way and does it all the right way. And now it's way more expensive than it was two years ago. And he's been doing this the smart way for 20 years, yeah. building mm-hmm. his business. Exactly. Yes. You know, if, if, you're, if you're chasing after these guys to be like them, you're doing it the wrong way. Yep. You've got to find a way to catch up or do something different. Uh, but if you're, if you're just buying two gene animals to try and make these five gene animals that he's making, it's going to take you some time. Yep. And mm-hmm. what you don't see is how many clutches oh, yeah. you know, he went through to get that animal. He didn't, for the most part, put two snakes together and get seven eggs and hit the Pompeii. You know, he, how long did it take him to hit, you know, hit that? I know like Miguel has missed it numerous times. Mm-hmm. So it, it's not an overnight. Yeah. And that's, that's, I think the thing that uh, a lot of people struggle with is they expect it to just be easy. Well, cause when they walk into a show and they see something like, like Heidi and Jack's tables, which look very professional, very nice with mm-hmm. really nice Corey's. animals or Cor- Yeah. Corey's table when she has stuff available because <laughs> right. she hasn't had anything in a while. <laughs> I, I'm going to start having things again. Don't worry. I'll have a full table again. But they see that and they assume that you just went and you made that. You, you got it. You, you went and it took you just a little bit of time. You made it and, and now you're selling it. And it's not an arts and crafts thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You didn't go out and quilt that. It's, it's, well, they don't realize what goes into just your show setup. Yeah. How much thought you put into everything you do at a show, the way you present everything at a show on top of producing, you know, the animals and presenting them in the right way. People don't realize that they think they can just show up to a show and throw some deli. Well, <laughs> not knocking anybody. Cause some people do that very successfully. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but there's, there's a difference. You can show and, and just throw deli cups on the table, but you still have to have something decent in those. Yeah, you're deli not putting cups. a $5,000 snake in a deli cup. And and even if you did, you've got to be able to present it right. Like it's, it's we've seen enough people at show. I guess it's if you don't if you go to herp shows, you don't see that often. But go to some of the other shows, you'll definitely see the way not to. Like when you walk in, there's no tablecloth and it's some dirty like ten gallon tanks and the animals just thrown in there and they're gonna give it to you and like a to go order uh, thing for like McDonald's or whatever. Like they're doing it the wrong way. So, but they assume that they're gonna make millions. So that just drives it. Well, and talking about uh, you don't just make your own thing. There was a thing on on the internet this week where someone was talking about it was with Travis, and they were talking about albino. I think it was albino gray bands. <laughs> albino gray bands, and the the guy said that it was basically man made. Yeah, that the albino was a man made thing. Right, and like and that's gene. that's not how that works. Yeah, <laughs> someone didn't pass high school biology, and now they're right. trying to explain right. genetics no one, no to a geneticist. In a lab inventing. Right. Snake jeans. Yeah, Travis said, if it sure was man-made, are. I would know about it. Yeah. I was like, man, I've been making albinos the wrong way for years. Right. And Sean said he started with deli cups. And again, there's nothing wrong with it. But it's a matter of how you present yourself. Sean didn't present himself as some dumbass just trying to hawk some animals on the table. Like, there's a way you have to act. And I see so many people at shows who don't or haven't learned the professional way to act. You cannot like a customer 
you can think that person is dumb, but you don't need to say it and don't treat them that way. Like yeah. hold that inside. Cause that dumb person you don't like may still give you money. So. I've learned one thing doing these shows and that is do not judge a book by its cover. I've had people walk into my setup and I'm like, uh, uh, these people, they're going to ask me a million stupid questions. So they walk up and go, I want that one, that one, and that one. Do you take cash? I mean, <laughs> I've had that happen I don't know how many times. And then the people who walk in that are, you know, well-dressed, and they come mm-hmm. in and ask me a million questions and don't buy anything. So, or they'll come in and see something at $500 and go, will you take 250 Yeah. Yeah. If that blows my mind. How many people want to try and haggle prices on, that, on racks, and they offer you a crazy low number? Yeah. <sighs> they don't ever win that one. So makes you cringe. So one thing I do want to talk about this week, and, and we're gonna like, let Corey have an off minute while we talk about this. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so our buddy Chris, uh, Chris Eaton from Snakes and the Fat Man, uh, caused an uproar on all the reptile pages this this week. He's got his third installment of the All Hot Chicks. I think that's how it's reported. All Hot Chicks episode, or whatever. But he's had two other ones. And uh, and if anybody's ever listened to Chris, he's crude. He says things that will upset you, but he says them joking. The, the man is, is – I've met him. We've all met him. We know who he is, and he's joking. And there are many people uh, – I don't want to say all women. I, I do want to say the men were probably just jumping on to look important. But there were a handful of people that were upset with the way he presented it, saying that the uh, the episode is wrong. It gives the wrong idea. It's just all these hot women, and it doesn't matter what they do, which is not true. Uh, these are all women that are in the hobby. Many of them have been in the hobby for a while. Many of them have done a lot of stuff. And I know we gave Corey, Corey's off for the segment, but I do want to say she was on the last one and did a so great I'll, job. I'll, I'll say a couple things, but not much. But I have a little different take on it. But, yeah. But – but Corey was on there. Brittany Gobble was on there, which are people that in this hobby have been doing everything the right way, and they do everything. It's not – I think people got too hung up in the wording, and the wording worked. I mean, I guarantee people are going to watch the episode because of the wording. But And the great thing is there's going to be eight women on there that probably wouldn't get that uh, that chance to talk about what they do anywhere else. Uh, and so my whole thing when it came to the people bashing him for, for this sexist thing that he's doing is if you don't like it, you can easily just fuck off. That's all you got to do. Don't, don't listen. Don't watch it. Rachel is going to be on it this time. Yes. I know you were looking forward to it. I am looking forward to it. And like I said, I think the problem is that one, people can't take a joke and that's fine. You can be offended by stuff, but you don't have to. You don't always have to comment. You can just fucking let it go. Um, and that's so, not the world we live in, though. Unfortunately, that is not the world we live in. And there's this whole attack to try and cancel Chris and everything he does. And I'm like, if you if you knew the guy and a lot of the women that are on there know him, and that is the reason they agreed to do it because they know him. And it's not just an episode of. Chicks talking about breast and sex and all this stuff, which is what everybody seemed to think it was going to be. Like you said, we were talking before. It's probably the most reptile uh, talk podcast that he does. Yeah. Yeah. He hates talking about snakes on a normal account. And I know he talks a lot about it in there. So. Yep. We've actually, Rachel's been watching the last one because she's going to be on it. 
um, watching the last one in, in the office the last couple of days. And, and uh, yeah, uh, he talked. I mean, that's the one Corey was on. You guys talked more about ball pythons than I've ever heard Chris talk about. <laughs> so, so I have to stop you real quick, but Corey looks... I, I'm going to call you smoking hot, girl. That lipstick that you wore <laughs> in that episode looks so good so on you. Funny. I'm you should wear like it more. a crew neck shirt and whatever. Like, I was not playing into it at it all. Does but it like, matter? <laughs> but I, like, when I signed up for it, I didn't know it was going to be called the Hot Chicks episode. He he pitched it to me as an all, all women's episode. And so I first found that out when I saw the advertising, and I did not find it awesome. Um, so. Like, personally, like, my kind of take on this is, um, you know, I think, you know, Chris is a good friend of mine. I think he did a really, like, just a stupid thing. Um, I I don't like, I don't like the the way that he presented it at all. Um, But, you but at the same time, I'm not on it. I didn't, you know, the women who signed up for it have their own volition and their own ability to make decisions about how they want to do things. And I 100% support women. I'm totally fine with Chris getting blowback for doing it that way. But my whole thing is don't attack the women. Um, right. yeah. the, women do, the women who are doing this um, are awesome. And there's nothing wrong with being a strong-ass, sexy woman who embraces her sexuality. So, Well, that happened a lot this week. I saw a lot of the women getting – well, one of them backed out because she was – anyways, one of them backed out. But I saw a lot of women getting messages from from a very small. It was really a very small, selective group of people that were bashing them. Right. Uh, but again, at the same time, I don't. I don't know if you want to talk about there was the, some of the ones bashing them. Uh, I, I ironically probably aren't the best to speak out about uh, sexist things. Yeah. So my my problem was with the whole thing is there was one specific Instagram account which is run anonymously. Uh, it's not there anymore, apparently. And they were sending the women, women doing the show messages, nasty messages, posting things on their Instagram news, their story, um, saying some pretty terrible things about the other women. And they were the only ones I saw that were actually degrading the women involved to that level. And what really said it all to me was they got mad because someone else was starting a Instagram page to support women and people of color and LGBTQ and um, marginalized people. They got mad because someone else was starting an Instagram page to support uh, that sector of the hobby because, oh, you're just stealing from us now. That told me everything I needed to know about them, that they were full yeah. of shit, that they didn't care. They don't care about like they say they do, they just care about being the loudest voice. Well, look, and, I, and I won't say any names, but there was one who had an issue with it being sexist, but at the same time, she has an OnlyFans where she sells pictures of her asshole. Well, that's her. That's and her I have no problem with her doing that. That's not my issue. My right. issue is how can you do that and at the same time get upset with this? I don't get it. Yeah. Um, I think I could definitely see where the title and all of the way it's put out there bothers people, rubs people the wrong way. And I have no, there's definitely sexism in the hobby. Like I said, most people, when they walk up to Robert and Rachel, will assume Robert has all the snakes. Oh, it happens to John and Kelly all the time. Yeah. (laughs) Kelly gets, I've heard Kelly Kelly say, people will walk in and say, where's the boss? And she tells them, you're talking to him. Yeah. Motherfucker. You know? And uh, 
Yeah, I mean, it ha- it definitely happens. And, you know, when, when JT shared the thing um, last week and then someone shared it in our group, um, you know, about respecting women in the hobby, the only people that were commenting that, oh, I've never seen any sexism in the hobby were men. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, well, that's because you don't. You don't see it. I was saying because you're not, right. it's not happening to you. Right. Of course you don't see it. Um, just like, you know, well, I, I won't go down that path any farther. But um. Well, I just also along that lines, I, it got ridiculous when people were saying that Chris's sponsor should pull out, which I was like, well, if you think that's true, then you've never talked to any of his sponsors because that's not fucking happening. But the, the one thing is what's going to happen is because the way it is pushed out there and the way it is. Some of these guys who would definitely not listen to Chris just interview a woman on on a podcast because they are they are sexist and they assume that that woman does not have anything of, of value that they can learn from, which is ridiculous. But some of those guys that would not listen to that just if it was Chris Eaton interviews, you know, Rachel, and that was it. They'd skip that podcast. But because of the way this one's pushed out there and the way it's advertised, they're going to watch and they're going to listen. Uh, and so I think that's a positive. So are there negatives? Yes, but I think there are more positives than negatives. And again, if it's not your cup of tea, fuck off. It's okay. You're you're not going to hurt Chris's feelings by not listening. Just like, uh, oh, I forgot. We got a review this week. And again, me mentioning it doesn't mean it hurt my feelings. I just think it's freaking hilarious of the wording of it. And so I wanted to pull it up and and say it. So this was the review we got. It was a four-star review. Four out of five. Uh, it was when we had uh, Nick Mutton on. It says, finally, they let their guests talk with Nick Mutton. Hope this is the new direction of the podcast where they let their guests talk. It's not. It's definitely not whoever you are. I, it's it's never been the def- direction of this podcast. The podcast is like an hour and a half, two hours of me just telling you what fucking bothers me. That's why I started it. And then I have people on and ask them questions every now and then. Yeah, Sean, um, I was going to wait and harass you in person this weekend. Oh. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I just the, the that whole thing. It was on a lot of different groups this week, and knowing Chris personally, like I do, like all of us do, I was like, they they just don't get. It. I, at no point do I think he's sexist. I think he says stuff, yes, that will definitely rub you wrong, but at the same time, he fully respects Corey because I know Corey talks to him on a regular basis. He fully, and I give him shit on a regular basis because. He says a lot of stupid shit that should not be coming out of his mouth. He does. Because you think it doesn't mean you should say it. He does. So I push back at him a lot on that. And he needs that. But at the same time, like I said, I think uh, Brittany had a great – Brittany Gobble had a great response about it. Um, So – yeah, I was actually about to pull up Brittany's response. You can't, you can't, read, read, you can't read that thing. That is because we don't. It's too long. <laughs> yeah, we don't have all night. You know, Chris. Um, Chris will be the first one to tell you he's an asshole. Oh yeah, and he will tell you that he will say off-colored things. It it's Chris, and that's who he is. And you can take it or leave it however you want. My personal experience with Chris is he's never been anything but respectful to me, and I love joking around and having great banter with him. So I just think people get way. <sighs> People like being offended. There are some people out there who like being offended so that they can argue. And I'm not saying you shouldn't be offended by things. I'm just saying that when it's something like that, where it's just definitely purely a joke and it's not hurting a damn person, just chill the fuck off. I, I think everybody, including us, have a narrow worldview. We see what's in front of us. And the internet and Facebook has allowed us to project our voice out there and think that everyone should care what we have to say. 
And I, one thing I've, you know, I, I hate to say it, but before COVID, I had certain political views and certain ways that I viewed the world that were set in stone. And I saw the way certain people reacted to it and it changed my entire view on the world and made me open up to listen to other people more and not think that I'm always right. And that everyone's stupid all the time. <laughs> there are a lot of fucking stupid. There people are a lot of stupid. People. made my life a lot easier, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> um, you know, I quit arguing with people on the internet so much because you know what? You're not going to, nobody wins. No, you're not going to change anybody's mind. How many people wouldn't change who they voted for because they, re- they argued with some random stranger <laughs> on the internet? Nobody. Me. No, that's right. Not so, um, yeah. it's just, it, it's, you know, it's not, it, it's not effective advocacy generally. And it ends up being really just exhausting. Like this is the last thing I wanted to spend my whole week thinking about and talking about. Right. And so I'm just kind of annoyed that it's, it, that it's persisted as such a big thing because I just, yeah, I get it. I just, <laughs> and that's why I was like, I, I've got to bring it up just because it, it yep. was, it was all over. I mean, geez, it kept popping up in different places all over my timeline. But, uh, I don't know. I just like we said earlier. There's a million different ways you can keep things in this hobby and and do things in this hobby and either make it a job or make it a, whatever. Nowadays, there are so many different uh, resources or things you can go listen to podcasts and YouTube's and all the. Find the one that fits for you. You don't have to like all of them. You don't have to listen to all of them. You don't have to like ours or me. I'm cool with that because, like Chris, I'm okay understanding that I'm a dick. I get that, and I'm okay with that. And so, if you don't like me, fuck off. You know, just somebody's gonna say, about- John Grant, I love you, and my, my blackheads are wonderful. Thank you very much. Yep. I need to go hang out with Corey and I check out all the you can't I afford to go hang out with Corey. My, I just moved them into my bedroom, and so I can just sit in my bed and watch them now, and it's the funnest thing ever. You can't afford to hang out with Corey because then you're going to want everything she has. Sure it's okay. Does. It's called aspirations, <laughs> goals. Um, Corey's so goals here. Talking about dumb people. Uh, if you've ever been a member of the National Snake Bite support page, that's where people like they'll message if they got bit and they want some. Right, but bit. there's a strict, hard and fast rule in there that you do not comment on um, posts. Yeah, this lady posted on here a minute ago about her eight-year-old fell off her bike and now she's got looks like a snake bite on her hand. And there's like a hundred comments already on it. And people are like, why is everybody mad reacting to this? And it's like, fuck, do you just not realize what group you're in? I feel so bad for Kimberly and them that run that group because, and Dr. Green and they're they're about to go kick probably 200 people out of this fucking group because, um, so yeah, we were just talking about how not everybody's stupid. Well, I just found a whole bunch of them. There's a bunch of stupid people. Uh, I like your idea, Maria. Convince Corey to buy all the things and we can just live there. That's That's how I got my blackheads. Maria was like, do it. Do it. Do it. Yes. <laughs> so awesome. It doesn't take much convincing. Just go, hey, look, that's, he's, that's he's got those. He's got <laughs> those and you want those. is already really, really low, so it doesn't take much. So speaking of uh, that Venomous group, because it has Dr. Spencer Green, uh, one thing I am looking forward to, it's, in, it's like a year away, but June 3rd and 4th of 2022, which is still weird to say 2020, anything, 2022 is the Houston Venom Conference. And now that I live in Houston, I can go to that. Awesome. Yeah. I'm super excited. It's right here. That'll be a ton of fun. Well, we're lucky here. We have arguably the best toxicologists when it comes to venomous snake bites <laughs> in the country. 
20 minutes from here at HCA Kingwood. He used to be 10 minutes from here at Ben Tobb, but now he's, you know, eh, maybe 30 minutes at HCA Kingwood. Yeah. If we're around Herpin and I get bitten, just start fucking driving up 59 because well, we're going to Kingwood. I love some of the comments on that group because someone will get bitten. They'll go to the doc, go to a hospital, and then they'll comment on there what happened. And they'll be, he'll, so he'll be like, look, this is where I'm at. If you can get here, I'll treat you. Yeah. Um, and so and he'll never say a, a bad word about another hospital. He'll just say, I wouldn't go there. <laughs> Reptile uh, friends are worse than drug dealers. That ain't no shit, Sean. Shit, you have a whole business built around that, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sean says it's the same weekend as Lafayette. If we're all drug dealers, Sean's just the cartel owner. Well, yes. Uh, Sean, I may not be at Lafayette. I really want to go to this. I've been, I've been to Lafayette. I, I left. I left Louisiana, Sean. I can't go back. They kicked him out. Going back day after tomorrow. Fuck. <laughs> well, that may be one show I miss. Because you're driving that that big. I need some blackheads too, Maria. I see your comment, and when Corey got those, I was like, "Oh man, I want some." And I've like been calculating. What was Blake when Wilson I selling can today? Sneak them in. Blackheads or white lips? to my collection. White lips. Yeah, white lips. White lips. I I would love blackheads, but I need blackheads that are guaranteed not. To want to eat other blackheads. That doesn't exist. Yeah, but I need that. I need that, Corey. You don't want blackheads. (laughs) Because I can't feed something $3,000. I just can't fucking do it. That'd kill me. Did I I tell you that right after I brought my azanthic blackhead home, it ate a paper towel? Yes. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. it's, It's a very expensive, dumb snake. But oh, anyways, they eat everything. Oh, I did want to talk about our our, so our giveaway on all. I, that's all yeah. been. So we did our giveaway for last month, which was the catchy that went to uh, Nathan Holcomb. That has been ordered and sent. So if Nathan's listening, it'll get to you at some point. It has been ordered. It says it will soon be in uh, in stock. So I don't know what that means, but it has been ordered. You should be getting that. And because we dragged ass with this whole move and getting everything. The giveaway for this month is actually extended into next month. So John Grant, Callie Grant from Grant's Family Exotics are doing the giveaway for July and August. And it's going to be a whole uh, set of tools. It's going to be a field hook, a cage hook, a pair of feeding tongs, and I'm missing something. Forceps? Forceps. Yes. Sounds right. That sounds right. All of those from uh, made by our buddy. John uh, Trimbach from Best Exotics. But all of that, so all you got to do is take a, your best picture of you with your reptile or amphibian, post it on Instagram, post it on Facebook, either one, with the hashtag The Reptile Gumbo Podcast. Look at how Matt reacted at our. Oh, Chad. <laughs> Sean, we're going to try to leave at 6 a.m. on Friday. That's so, our goal. Yeah, we slide out. We don't have to be there till Friday. Six, uh, wait, that means I have to wake up like before 6 a.m. Get over it, honey. I don't think I have that on my alarm clock. You're a teacher. Well, then are, I will come I dump water on your ass. And we already know I'll get you out of bed. <laughs> and at my last school, school started, at, I had to be there at 7. I woke up at 6.30, and I was there by 7. Wow. It takes me five minutes to get ready in the morning and be gone. The only problem is now I have to drive like 30 minutes, so I'm going to have to wait. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to that. Oh. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't wake up very well. I, I sleep really good. I'm great at the sleeping part. <laughs> it's the waking up part that I need a little work on. So, 
here's our our favorite part of the uh, the show for for Chris going through the stuff on our on our Facebook page. Um, there was one thing on there. It was. What? That was the Reptile Gumbo podcast that Katie must have gotten into. Katie. Katie got into <laughs> it, yeah. <laughs> it's okay, Chad. Katie's going to make sure he gets up. She is my alarm clock. I've had her call me a couple times. She's been out of town for three weeks, and I still have had her call me when I've had to wake up for sure. Yeah. Because I can't, I can't do it. I like, And people can get upset all they want, but I can't help it. Like I, I'll hit snooze and have no idea I've done it. The other day, I got in bed. I got undressed and in bed. I know I fell asleep on the couch. I have no idea how I got undressed and in bed. I'm pretty sure you didn't come to the uh, shop one day because you didn't get out of bed. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I can't help. As much as I'm like, yes, I would like to be able to wake up. I can't. It's I sleep really heavy. But there was one really cool. Oh, here it is. Travis Wyman posted this. Ontario researchers created body super glue made from snake venom that stops bleeding in seconds. So they took the venom from lance heads. And the uh, anticoagulating part of the venom was used to form this superglue that can be used to fuse cuts and stuff shut so you don't bleed to death, which I think is amazing. You're always hearing about, like, we can use snake venom for something. Well, here's one of those somethings that snake venom can be used for, which is awesome. Uh, Just trying to see what else is posted in here. Oh, (laughs) here's a great headline. Darren posted this one. Man steals gator from Florida golf course, tosses it around to teach it a lesson. That's the most Florida thing that could have happened. I was just like, Florida man strikes again. Yep, good old Florida man. Florida man. Oh, Dallas Rua posted a $400 fancy ball python from Craigslist. Yeah. Which is a... <laughs> I told him I'd give him 20 bucks and keep the tank. <laughs> which is just a ball python. It's just a little ball python. Normal. Fancy. Yeah. Um... New species of humongous prehistoric crocodile. Can anybody guess where it was found? The one place that kills you, everything can kill you, Australia. Australia. So they had an even larger crocodile than saltwater crocodiles. That place is horrifying. So you weren't allowed to watch your own child alone until she was three? Yes. No, I was definitely afraid I would put her in the oven like a turkey. I'm telling you, once I fall asleep, I'm done. Anything that happens, I am not responsible for. So are you a like sleepwalker? No, not really. Is that 21 tub, six quart built? Yes. Okay. Sorry. But not really. I I mean, because once I'm out, I'm out now. I do know that there were times where I got up and made a bottle and don't remember making it. Because she was just like, hey, go make a bottle. I'd go make a bottle, bring it back and go back, lay back down. That's kind of normal. But I mean, I can't. It's not like something I can fix. I'd love to fix it. People are like, you should get more sleep. I've slept 12 hours before like, and still been t- I, I can't help it. A cowbell? <laughs> oh, yeah. So, so <laughs> this is, this is a, a helpful tent, uh, tip for any new parent. I'm going to tell you the creepiest thing that can happen to you as a parent. You wake up to your child standing over you just staring at you. Oh. The creepiest fucking <laughs> yes. thing. And it's going to happen. I guarantee if you have a kid, it's going to happen. If it doesn't happen, you slept through it. They definitely came and stared at you at some point. Oh, no. Both the kids have done it, and they know not to walk up to me because if you wake me up from a dead sleep, I'm probably going to punch you. Mm-hmm. So it's best to wake me up from, like, my foot, and I'll just feel somebody staring at me. And Logan was really bad about it when he was little, about just not saying anything and coming in the room. And I would wake up and I'd be like, oh, shit. Well, we made a rule. We said, because if, if I was watching Joe, if, my, if uh, Katie had woke up and left before I was awake and Joe would wake up, she had a small little cowbell because we were I grew up a Mississippi State fan, so we had plenty of cowbells. 
she would stand at the door and ring the cowbell until I woke up and realized, and then I would do what I would help her with whatever she needed. Apparently, John Grant says, has Violet. John Grant says Violet. That would be fucking horrifying. I've met Violet, dude, and if I woke up to Violet staring at me in the middle of the night. Be like, does she have a knife? I may move. It just she have the house. I'm an alien. I'm telling you, that would. Oh, although I did love her handing out buttons in Amarillo. <laughs> yes. yes, it was adorable. She came up and she was like, "Do you want me to give out some of your buttons?" Sure. And she was like, "Here's a button. Go buy a rack." And she was like, <laughs> "It was walking, cute." Around, she just around everybody. handing out buttons to people. It was awesome. That's cool. Yes. Oh, yeah. I, that was so. That was our our trick was the cowbell. I, like I said, I'm I'm a heavy sleeper and. It's horrifying to have that happen. I trained him to go to Chad's side of the bed. <laughs> really effective for me. Yeah, I've woken up before to Logan touching me on the face. Dad. Fuck that. Dad. And I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. But here's the other thing. Robert sleeps through everything, and I wake up to everything. Yeah. Sean Gray's bringing cowbells to slide out. Well, that'll wake me up. Uh, one of the, oh, this is one thing I want to listen to. I listened to the Snake Talk podcast with Rob and Jeremy, and they were talking to Phil Goss from U.S. Art, which is a big thing this week. Uh, we've talked about it before. In North Carolina, they've definitely got a headache going on because of one fucking person. And so, and they even mentioned it on on the podcast. You'll sometimes hear people talk about how one person can't affect the hobby. That's fucking bullshit for anybody that lives in North Carolina. One dude is about to make it impossible for them to own stuff. Um, we've talked about the guy that got bit by the Green Mamba. And at the time, we are like, oh, he did everything right. He got bit, whatever. And then come to find out later on, he had a spitting cobra that got loose months before that, survived winter, uh, and then got found, which in North Carolina – he never called anybody to tell him that got loose. And that is part of that. There is, there is a law in place for dealing with venomous in the state. They have a law in place that works fine for people who follow laws. And so that's the problem. Making more laws doesn't cause people to follow them. It's just more laws. This kid already broke them. So obviously making more laws, isn't going to change anything. So now there is a town hall meeting tomorrow, Thursday. So if you're listening to this live, you can go on our Facebook page, on our group page, and you can see I posted it, that you can log into a live Zoom call uh, for this meeting. Now, you're probably going to hear a lot of stuff that upsets you because they're probably going to really push to get rid of it. And they're actually lumping us in with big cats. They're going to try and pass some big cat regulations along with venomous snakes. And it, it's definitely not far behind that before they throw in large constrictors. And as some of us know, like myself who's gotten a ticket, the <laughs> definition of large constrictor is very vast. Yeah. Uh, just so you know, in a certain state to the east of Texas, a diamond python counts as a large constrictor. And if you sell one, you have to get a court-appointed attorney. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, you do. So I say all of this to reiterate things we've said over and over. Go to U.S. Arc, Join U.S. Arc, And even if, like Phil Goss said, even if you can't afford the money, sign up for the newsletter. You should be getting your U.S. Arc newsletter in your email every week, I think, or two weeks. I forget how often. I get it all the time. Um, but it, not only that, go to those things. Send the emails to the senators or congressmen or whatever who they tell you to contact. Go ahead and make the phone calls if you can. Because as much as one person can fuck it up for everybody, it's going to take everyone to fix it because of that one person that fucked it up for everybody. Yep. Um, Sean Gray, I'll share the newsletter. 
Uh, everybody else should share it. If uh, what was the who was had the stat the other day? One, I think it's like seven point something million people. I think it was uh, JT. Oh, Sean can probably quote it. It was like seventeen, seven point whatever million people own reptiles, and it's like one percent of that have joined US Ark or something. It, it's a ridiculous number. Uh, I will say that my, my subscription did actually expire the other day. I'm waiting till payday, and I'm going to go ahead and renew my year-long subscription again. So I realized yesterday that I was a member, but Rachel was not. Yes, so I'm now a member. We fixed that right then. 1.7. So Sean says 1.7% of people that own reptiles in the United States are actually members of U.S. ARC. That's a, that's a horrifying number, because if you think about that, even if you could get half, you could get 3.5 million people to join U.S. ARC. And they all gave their $40 a year. Imagine the power we'd have over these things when PETA comes along to try and shut us down. Yeah. So it's vitally important that you're sharing anything from US Arc. There's a million reptile groups, and obviously we're not in all of them. Um, Share that stuff to them. HSUS budget, uh, the Humane Society of the United States, which is one of our biggest enemies. I hate to say it like that, but they are. Their budget was $160 million last year. $160 million. And they have $191 million in assets. And they, mm-hmm. and they kill a lot of dogs. Well, that's, uh, that's PETA that does that. They do it too. Humane Society doesn't own, doesn't own or run one shelter. So PETA's latest. Pro- profound. Like, so I used to regulate the nonprofit sector in my former job. And the animal charities, um, which we would lump Humane Society US and PETA into were like the most well-funded machines of anything out there. Yeah, so PETA's latest the the most recent year they reported um, was 2017 at $19.8 million in assets and $44.6 million in revenue. That's crazy for a uh, not-profit organization. organization. Yep. 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 That's like when you see those giant mega churches. It's really crazy for a thing that never pays taxes. Yeah, that's a whole other discussion. <laughs> but PETA, so again, 1.7, we said there were 7 million people that own reptiles. If we could just get a million, that's $40 million. Uh, U.S. ARC's total revenue last year was $362,178. That's sickening. Yeah. I'm Seriously, looking at their- you pay 40 bucks, you get a year-long membership and a T-shirt. Or you do the $5 a month, and they just take $5 a month out of your account, which is one less cheeseburger a month. You'll be okay. But like Phil Goss says, you're buying insurance. Yeah. You know, yeah, I have homeowner's insurance. So I hope my house never burns down. When I was a police officer, we had an organization called um, – holy crap, it just blew, went out of my mind – um, TMPA, Texas Municipal Police Officers Association. Mm-hmm. It was $26 a month. Came straight out of my paycheck, but they would have a, if you had a critical incident, officer involved shooting, whatever, they would have an officer, they would have an attorney on scene within an hour and they would cover up to the first million dollars of your legal fees on any, anything involving work. And it was the biggest, it was so nice having that insurance policy there. We could have that too. We could easily have that too. Yeah. If people would just. You know, but you know what? You can't even get people to buy quality thermostats. So that is true. You know, it's uh, that's a whole other can of worms. Anyway, that is true. You you can get someone to go buy a three thousand dollars snake, but when you ask them to send in five dollars a month so that they can make sure that that three thousand dollars snake 
never gets taken away from them. Right. You're asking. And, you know, Sean's right. This is why it's so important for people vending at shows to do their customers right. We need new hobbyists in the reptile community keep yes. building to fight these uh, animal rights groups. Yes. If you fuck them over, they'll never come back. And that is 100% true. Uh, yeah. I, said, I mean, our first reptile show we went to was not a herp show. Um, oh, my God. And we had. <laughs> how, how was that, Rachel? We ended up finding uh, someone that we bought a snake from that turned out to be a really great. Um, they're no longer breeding anymore. But we dealt with a couple of people that were just dicks. And some of the stuff we saw on the tables was yeah. horrifying. And then we went to a herb show and we're like, oh, this is what it can be like. Yeah. Okay, we're never going to that shithole again. And never and have been back. Never have been back. And like I've said a dozen times on this show, that show is five minutes from my shop and I will not ever vend it. Nope. So, just Trace, like, how hard is it to not be a dick? Just like, don't be a dick. Right. Yeah. Look, look, I'm I'm all for I'm a dick. I know that. But I'm also smart enough to know when not to be a dick. That's all it takes. Right. Right. So Tracy says they have all this stuff for gun owners, too. They do. I will say one thing Phil said. I forget which because there's been so many. And maybe one of the ones in Florida. They had a larger turnout uh, for a U.S. ARC thing. Than they normally do for gun rights, which is big. As gun rights folks will send in tons of emails and comments, but it was one of them uh, that they actually won. They had a larger turnout. Well, U.S. Arc Florida is its whole it's, its own thing. Thing, yeah. And, and one thing that he talked about, you know, because they did lose this last thing in Florida. You know, they did the Florida went into that whole thing knowing they were going to make those laws. They they did the whole yes call in and we'll do our open call and all, but they went into knowing that one. But that's one, and I feel like that's the that's one out of eight years of him doing this where he's lost. Mm-hmm. They've won far more oh, yeah. than they have lost. And another one that has pissed me off. I've seen things before where people complain about where's the money go. They're they're not pro- they're a non profit uh, organization. All that information's on their page. You can go see where the money goes. Phil is the only one that takes a paycheck, and that's because he's he, he that's what he does. That is his job. Right. He's making sure that you can keep your rack of ball pythons and no one comes after it or your corn snakes or your leopard gecko right so you gotta do something Uh, um shit I was gonna say something about that like I told y'all I'm fucking dead tired (laughs) alright so I wanna get to dumb people on Facebook because I've got some god damn you're taking my whole I'm not taking it I just have some really good ones oh no one thing did I talk about the I didn't talk about this last week one thing I did want to talk about was uh, show me shows so we're talking about quality shows so the Show Me Shows, which have spread, that's uh, Mickey, right? Mickey Meyer. Mickey Meyer uh, are, are good quality shows just as well as like the Herp Shows. I haven't been to one, but I've, I've talked to many people, and I've talked to Sean. He knows them. They're good quality shows. One step they have taken that I really like is they will no longer allow the sale of alligators mm-hmm. at any of their shows, which is obviously living in certain places down here. That's yeah, We can't sell them. We can't sell them anyways. Right, so. But definitely in like Pennsylvania. Uh, but... <laughs> As much as I love alligators, as much as I want one as a pet, I know that no one should be able to walk in and buy a baby alligator. Like, there, there are people that can get That's them. That's not an impulse buy. Yeah. You, it's just, you see that, and that would horrify me, because it doesn't stay small. Now, don't get me wrong, it could end up horribly disfigured and, and stunted like the one Emily has on Snake Discovery, which is definitely small because of bad care. But I do like that step of of making his show even better by going... No, we're we're not doing that. You can't do that. You know that's. Um, let's we were talking, we were talking about uh, buying venomous at a show, and someone said, "Well, they should make them have to walk it out." 
So that's not a thing at apparently shows, but like at all the herb shows, that's a thing. If you oh, buy yeah. a venomous, they have to walk that snake outside with them on their way to leave. Right. But apparently at other shows, you can walk around with a cobra and a deli cup and everything. Well, like, eh, whatever. They're talking about ham. Yeah. I mean, that's just, that's a whole different thing. Yeah. So, uh, oh, dumb people of, of Facebook. I have this one. This was in uh, P. Regis Underground. Someone shared this one from Morph Market. They got, they got a message from a customer that said, asking about a ball python. It says, does she have her shots, and how many gallons or, or big do they recommend her enclosure to be? She doesn't have her shots. I don't, I don't, that's, that's a crazy question. It's not a dog. It's not a cat. It just seems like a crazy question. I want to know what shots she wants. <laughs> I know. I'm- but does she have? She's got to have them. She's got to have curious. those shots. Whatever they, that's what my answer is like. Yes, yes, she does. <laughs> what else you got? Um, I thought I had more. I know I had more, and I just don't know what happened to them. Oh my! Uh, my jumping spider laid eggs. Ooh, that's fun. No, it's not. It's oh, really it's not? not. Sorry, that's horrible. <laughs> this, yeah. this, this is also going to rub people the wrong way. I'm taking those eggs out, and I'm freezing them. Because I am not going to have 500 little jumping spiders crawling around my snake room because they got out of the little tiny air holes. And I'm sure as fuck not raising fruit flies to feed them because I won't raise fruit flies to feed dart frogs, which I would love to have. Definitely not doing it for jumping spider babies. So uh, as much as, as it would be really cool, that's, again, I know my limitations, and that's my limitations. I'm not taking care of 500 jumping spider babies. I don't really have... I've been so freaking busy last week. I just haven't really screenshot anything. Uh, so I knew there was. I know there was more dumb stuff because I saw it. But I, I read some it. dumb stuff, and I just was like, "Holy shit! Where do these people even come up with this?" You'd be amazed. That's what I was going to say, Sean. Just take them and give them to Ian at the show this weekend. Yeah, that's again, that's effort. And my freezer is downstairs. You can put them in the deli cup I gave you to bring your spider home. Yeah. Like, yeah. like this, put them in there, bring them to eat them, uh, Ian, and he'll love to have those. Yeah. What the f- We'll see. What? I can't be here. Try Arkansas. Look. Trying to look at your screen. What is it? Does anybody know what kind of snake this is by just looking at the belly? Is it a rat snake? Let's see a rat snake. That's... I couldn't tell. Much too big to be a rat snake. Well, it's also force protective. That thing is that stick. It's oh, it's probably, on a stick. You're right. Yeah. You're right. It's like a seven foot stick. I thought he was holding it. You're right. No, he's holding it. Yeah, that's a rat snake. Yep, we're talking about shit you guys can't see. You can't see it. Sorry. <laughs> that's another thing. For, everybody understand that force perspective force perspective pictures exist, yeah. and you don't have to keep sharing the giant rattlesnake that someone killed. That's really only like three foot. Yeah, or the the weed. Oh yeah, the one with the, the red diamond. That one gets shared all the time with the the weed in the background and the rattlesnake. You're not original, whoever you are, who thinks you can share it. My mom tagged me in the people putting the snake in the outlet hole and the rats coming out today. Yeah, that's that's one but, of those ones like you know. we see the person put the snake down a hole and then fish come out. That's that's not real. There's a reason you're only seeing this much of what's happening, right? Because that's not what's happening. The person putting the snake in the wall. That's not really, there's not really scaring rats out. There's someone on the other side of that wall shoving rats through a hole. That's what you're seeing. Yeah, they're like the calmest rats ever. Yeah. Those aren't wild rats. Those <laughs> that's what James talking about. <laughs> yeah. 
forced perspective, not putting it into a hole in the wall. Yeah. Uh, well, he might have. <laughs> the goalie's pretty crazy. Yeah. J- James, uh, no one wants to see your penis on Only Dads. Just. I'm not even sure Kayla wants oh, yeah. to see it. Oh, yeah. Good call, uh, John Grant. I'll just look at our message group because you've sent us a few of them. This oh, that week. is true. JT uh, does help us out with that. Yeah. So James and I made a, a new product this week um, that I posted on our Facebook pages. And oh, yeah. It's a 8 by 8 by 16 arboreal acrylic enclosure. Yeah, thanks to Brittany Planchett, oh, we changed We changed yeah. how we did it. We uh, We added more lip to the top, so if you have something like a pink toe tarantula, it can build a web at the top, and when you open the door, you don't fuck up the whole web. Yeah. Because on a lot of them, uh, front opening enclosures, they'll build that web up there at the top, attached to the front door, and as soon as you open that front door, you've pulled the whole web apart. Yeah. And so we, Brittany, we saw her at a, at the Lone Star show because we had to drive over for that, and she told us, give it a little bit more of a lip, and we did, and it turned out yeah, pretty good. Yeah, turned out good. I'm going to a couple a, little changes we're going to make, but. Yeah, uh, I'm going to test it out. I'm going to try and get a pink toe this weekend. Yeah. Oh yeah, this one from uh, my my python doesn't eat doesn't want to eat for four weeks. What could be the problem? And it's in a glass tank, and his cat sitting in front of it looking at it. Um, that could be your problem. Yeah, that might be it. Might be stressed. I don't know. No, not an expert. No, the cat and the python are friends. They're best. Friends. Uh, they're best friends. He just wants to give it his. They uh, they have the same birthday. She throws birthday parties for them both on the same day. They wear hats. Right. They both get a rat. <laughs> they both they share a rat. They meet in the middle, like on Lady <laughs> and the Tramp. Uh, uh, fucking yeah. people! It's it is amazing. I do want to give a because I'm not going to mention the breeder, just but uh, we talked about people doing business the right way. I bought a snake a little over a year ago. It was supposed to be a female. I got it. It wasn't. The thing is, though, it looked the way I wanted, so I kept it. But they they gave me back some of my money. And I told him, I said, look, when you breed them again, let me know. I do want a female from that pairing because I really like how it looked. They messaged me last week and said, hey, we have a litter. Do you want it? Uh, I want one. And they're, they're holding it for me. I put a down payment on it. They're, they're, that was really great. They remembered me from a year before and reached back out to me. And now I'm getting the snake that I wanted. So that's just one of those things where like people mess up all the time people in this business will mess up you may ship, ship out the wrong snake i know i know jt's done it i mean you got a lot of snakes yes. uh, margaret and chatter in the group they got the yeah the snake from them that i had to get back because he just wrote the wrote it in pink instead of blue i mean we're 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 human and people are going to mess up yeah it's a matter of how you handle that afterwards and if you're the the, the customer i need you to understand something if there's a mess up don't start the very next conversation getting pissed and yelling at the person before they've even offered a suggestion on how to fix it. Cause that's the number one way to not get help. Uh, if, if someone does something wrong, you, Hey, look, this happened or whatever. Then they're most likely going to, Oh, my bad. Let me fix that. And we'll do something. But if you come back at them, yelling at them, cause if it's me, I'm going to say, fuck it. All right. You're, you're stuck with it. Just cause I'm, if you're going to be a dick, I'm going to be a dick. So again, Good business practices, also good customer practices. So this week, you know, our friend, I'm sure he won't mind me uh, talking about it, sold a snake to a customer at their store, and the customer promptly put the oh. deli cup on the dash for the 30-minute drive home in the 95-degree heat, and then came back, you know, upset because the snake was cooked, and it was 
a beautiful Pueblin. And then, of course, she ended up posting on Facebook about it. And all these people are saying, report them to the BBB. They should have told you. Her whole thing was, they didn't tell me I couldn't put this snake in the sun. I love the person that goes, how do you know they didn't sell you a sick snake? Yeah. So that also happened to some friends of mine here. They sold a guy a cobra. They're venomous. You know, they sell venomous. Sold a guy a cobra. He um, left it in his truck while he went into a restaurant and said, but he sent me screenshots of the um, conversation. The guy's telling him, well, they're from Africa. It's hot over there. It should be oven for 30 minutes in my truck. And they were like, dude, it's 100 degrees outside today. And yeah, well, it came. How did it get over here from Africa? Did it? it, I'm sure it wasn't air conditioned the whole way here. It wasn't locked in an oven. Probably was, dude. So, yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So that's happened twice to people I know this week where, you know, customers have bought something and just cooked it. I don't don't even understand. I guess those are the same people that will leave their dog in the truck. Yeah. They're the same ones that can forget their kids in the backseat. I've never understood that one. No, me either. Like, I know I put that kid in the backseat. Yeah, like, They're I, annoying the crap out of me. I don't even, I worked a case like that once, oh. and I don't even want to talk about it or Look, think about it. We see the animals getting left in the car. It shows, unfortunately, way too often. Um, I, I just don't, I don't understand how you thought putting it in the, like, we've all stepped into a car on a hot day and gone, holy shit, it's hot in here. Yeah, every day, this time of year. Yeah, it's true, it's Texas, it's every day. So I don't understand how that, that, that happens, but my problem is, and... I've known our friends and and they've done the right business thing. They've, they've either on some of them, mm-hmm. they've given them a new animal. They've made a deal or whatever. But my problem is it, it, I couldn't handle that. I know how I'd handle that. If they came back, if I sold a snake to somebody and they came back and it was dead because they left it in the car, they're fucked. I'm done. Just because in my mind, you, you don't get to own something from me. Yep. I, I've, I've heard you talk about that, Sean, and I'm sure that that guy did not like your response to that whenever he came back in. So what Sean wow. say? It happened at Conroe, the Cayman. James Bergoli and I both specifically told him not to leave it in his car. 30 minutes later, he came back in, and it was cooked. Yeah. You know how many times we've taken snakes into restaurants? Oh, I've, taken so many, I've taken so many animals <laughs> into restaurants. Yeah. Oh, I've, I've stopped to go to the bathroom on my drive home with snakes in my purse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have, too. I won't leave them in the car for five minutes. Nope. Nope. And people don't realize, too, putting them on the floorboard, driving home. The yeah. floorboard gets nope. super hot. I, You'll yep. cook them from the belly up. Yep. I tell people that when they buy snakes from us at show. I mean, we haven't sold a lot of snakes at shows, but and I tell them, don't put it on the floorboard. Don't put it on the dash. So, yeah, Eva Hare said, in yeah. my purse. So the, an important thing, if you're going to a reptile show, take a large purse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, needs to be, that needs to be your large purse day mm-hmm. so that you've got something to put it in. Oh, yeah, I keep an extra backpack in the truck just yep. in case. I happen to have too many snakes for my purse. I can carry a backpack. And we've said this before. Most people selling a snake at a show, people that are good people to buy a snake from a show, <laughs> will hold it behind the table until the end of the day Absolutely. until you're ready to go. 100%. None of us want to die. No, it, none of us are selling, well, say none of us. None of the people doing it the right way want to sell you an animal that we no longer give a shit about once it's gone. Mm-mm. That's not how it happens. Like every animal I've sold, I care about. And I've messaged people a year or two later just like, hey, how's it doing? And I'll get people message back and send pictures of it, which is awesome. That's so, the best. Uh, oh, I tell you, I tell Katie all the time about the floor part, about not putting stuff on the floor. And then Sean said, yeah, every time they go, uh, they go inside with them. Well, Sean, it's got to be hard for you. I mean, there's no way you took a giant tortoise into a restaurant. 
How'd you well, take the wallaby in? The wallaby. He didn't bring the tortoise. <laughs> Mark brought in the tortoise. That's so. true. That's yeah. true. But he had the wallaby. Yeah, they had Grant. Uh, oh, how does it not show me the new comment? I don't know. Nope. Oh, I've taken, was, I've taken FedEx boxes. <laughs> yeah, well, when I picked up your um, your Doomerals at FedEx, the lady was like, is there a snake in there? I see that. She goes, please don't open that in here. <laughs> <laughs> I said, yeah, it's a Doomerl's boa. A boa? Is that thing like 15 feet long? I said, yeah, it might be 20. And she was like, oh, please don't. In that little bitty box? I'm like, yeah, I mean, they curl up. You know, of course, I had to run with it. And she was like, please don't open that in here. I was like, oh, don't worry. So I went to Whataburger yesterday, and I took that new plexiglass, uh, or that new acrylic <laughs> enclosure that we made. And it was sitting in the front seat. Girl brings out my Whataburger, sees it. I have nothing else in my truck that says I keep reptiles. She sees it and goes, do you have snakes? <laughs> or, or she goes, do you have reptiles? I said, yeah. She goes, what kind of I've got snakes. She goes, oh, I'm more of a lizard person. And then she walks back inside. Yeah. It's like I love that she can see an acrylic box with a door and yeah. go, reptiles. Callie said she's uh-huh. taken Poppy in places. And for those of you who don't know, Poppy is a, her Coatamundi. A psychotic Coatamundi. And uh, <laughs> Sean said Grant goes in his pouch around my neck. You could have that pouch around your neck with Grant in it. No, and if he keeps his head down, you'd never know he was in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would just well, look like a really heavy man purse. And people are far more okay with that because it's fuzzy. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah, I did see a, a young lady. Um, she posted in one of the ball python groups um, her two snakes in an arboreal enclosure. And um, couldn't figure out why they wouldn't eat, of course. An arboreal glass enclosure. And two ball pythons, right? She, Yes, two ball pythons. In the same enclosure? In the same enclosure. She said she was breading them. Uh, <laughs> sure, she was breeding. Breading. I'm hoping she's she she breeding. She's doing an egg bath first. <laughs> and then. Um, uh-huh. And, you know, if you click on her name, you can see all of her posts. She just bought her first snakes like two weeks before. So she's already trying to bread the, I mean, breed these snakes. That are not big enough. Of course, they were not big enough. I think the male was maybe 500 grams, which he's big enough. The female was maybe 800 grams. Um, So people are trying to tell her. And, of course, she's being pugilistic and fucking arguing with everybody and her. um, Yeah. So I just kind of went and looked at her profile, and she's one of those that's like, oh, my snakes took over all these stores today. You know, she takes them into the oh, grocery store and the, yeah, and uh, PetSmart and Petco. And, uh, yeah, um, just don't be that person, please. Like openly takes them in, I assume. Yes. She yes. said, I love when people, when I walk up behind people at the store and they turn around and they scream. Like, oh, yeah, that's the way, I, to, that's the way oh to grow my God. a hobby. I haven't taken an animal into a pet store in a long time. But even when I did. I never did it with the intention of trying to scare someone, and I always made sure if anybody saw me that they knew coming down the aisle that I right. had a snake in my hand. I, yeah. My goal was never to scare anybody. And I've always told people when it comes to animals, I will never intentionally scare someone with an animal. I right. refuse. It goes against everything I try and do. Um, but I also don't take animals to, start, to scores now just because it's unneeded stress. Yeah. Like, we bought, um, we bought a snake one time, me and Rachel and Logan – uh, about an hour south of here and we needed to stop at PetSmart on the way back to grab some Aspen or something and uh, Logan took her you know we weren't going to leave the snake in the truck because the guy literally brought the snake out and was like here you go <laughs> so we didn't have a tub or a bag or anything with us we were new we were stupid and uh, Logan you know took her into the store and she was perfectly chill and some people came around the corner and I was like hey we have a snake here just want to let you know and of course the lady was and the kids were fascinated with it 
but uh, we were in the reptile section, so they kind of knew what they were walking into. But uh, yeah, I, I hate that the people are scare fact. Like the video that keeps going around of the guy with the rubber snake on the string. Oh yeah, dropping it on people in the river. Yeah, and I see reptile people sharing it all the time, and I'm like, uh, that's doing nothing to promote snakes in a good so, light. So talking uh, about that, I want to go back to what Phil Goss talked about on the on the reptile talk podcast. He talked about that kid in North Carolina. That kid has, I forget how many followers on TikTok, and it was an insane amount. Um, and he talks about one of the biggest issues is that his videos kept get, keep getting shared. Mm-hmm. And they're getting shared by reptile people. I, reptile people need to learn at some point that sharing these things that are negatives makes it stay around. It doesn't go away. So every time you share these things, like the two dumbasses in Florida, and you share their videos... They're going to make money off that, mm-hmm. which means they're going to still keep going. And and as someone goes, well, they're going to make money no matter what because people are going to watch it. So I'm going to watch it. That's fucking stupid. Don't don't give in to these negative things. And those are negatives. Um, Phil was, Phil was talking about this kid had uh, he'd go out in his driveway of his parents' house with venomous snakes to show off venomous snakes in the driveway. I'm like, well, that's stupid. Or he said it was in the garage, like a whole bunch of like a, a cluttered garage with a green mamba. Like that thing gets away from you, you're done. So well, he got bitten by that green mamba. It's just one of the things that you've got to be smart. And, and we live in a, a society where everybody wants to share everything they see. Share the positive stuff. Don't watch the negative. Don't even give it. I don't even watch the two dumbasses in Florida anymore because I don't want to give them any clicks. Not a single one. So I refuse. And I'm not going to go find that dude's TikTok, which I think is actually taken down now. I think all of his. Uh, yeah, I saw a few videos of it one time, but I couldn't remember the name of it. I think a lot of his stuff got taken down because yeah, he's facing 40 counts of breaking the laws. It's going to be great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you just, you know, we, as much as um, people talk about speak with, uh, with, with your money, with your wallet. So when it talks about good breeders, you know, buy from good breeders. Don't buy from someone just because they have whatever. Same thing comes to the social media side. Uh, don't don't keep perpetuating the stupid shit. Like the girl getting bit by the fucking retic. That video got shared in every reptile group and multiple times. And I'm like, stop it. Just just stop it. Mm-hmm. So. Well, we're almost two hours yep. in. I think that's all I got. I think I'm off my soapbox now. <laughs> Are you done? I think so. <laughs> I don't think I have anything else. Uh, oh, just a reminder about our giveaway. Again, I talked about it earlier. Only with the way to enter our giveaway for July and August, it's July and August, is to go on Instagram or Facebook and share a picture of you with your favorite reptile or amphibian and give the hashtag the reptile gumbo podcast. And at the end of August, we will pick a winner and you will win. Again, it's a cage hook, a field hook, tongs. And hemostats. That's the word I was looking for. Hema force. Hemostats. I knew it was a medical term and I couldn't think of it. But you will win all of those thanks to Grant Family Exotics, uh, JT and Callie Grant. So I'm anyway. literally about to fall asleep sitting here. Don't fall asleep. <laughs> Corey, we appreciate you filling in for these three yes, weeks. Yes, I am out next week. Katie is back. Katie will be back next week. And so now the next time you see Corey, she'll be a guest again at some point. And we'll talk about snakes because she'll finally have babies again to talk about. Yes. So, Rachel, yeah. you want to talk about anything? Plug anything? 
No. No. Got nothing. We got great racks. <laughs> uh, no doubt. <laughs> Rachel has some shirts that she's going to make that say, um, ask me about my rack. Hey, Rachel, that's sexist. A little bit. <laughs> I can't be friends with you. She's that's okay. doing it herself. It's not sexist. <laughs> she gets That's to not, decide. That is not how the internet sees it, Corey. <laughs> well, I'm letting her do it, so you know. Oh, yeah, I have my <laughs> husband's permission. Uh-huh. That's really going to go the wrong way. Uh, so anyways, uh, if people want to reach out to you, Rachel, what's the best way to do it? You, you, you got to make a Facebook page. Obviously, oh, I'm yeah. working on making a Facebook and Instagram page for Powerful Exotics, but right now you can reach me at Lone Star Reptile Racks. So, lsreptilerax.com. Uh, Corey, if you want to get a hold of you, because you're now yes. going to have baby snakes for sale again. Absolutely. Corey. Uh, so, Corey Martin Reptiles on Facebook. Corey Martin Reptiles on Instagram. Uh, you can email me, Corey at Corey Martin Reptiles. Corey Martin Reptiles. Corey with a K. Corey with a K. K. Corey with a K. I feel like at the beginning of that, Corey completely forgot about what her business was. You're like, I, 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 I like got off on like, um, I was going to give my email address and I was like, wait a minute, that's not what I'm doing right now. <laughs> Robert. It's like when you start auto-completing something. If they want to get a hold of you, ellisreptilerax.com. Is it Robert at ellisreptilerax.com? It is. So you can uh, email. Or uh, Lone Star Reptile Racks, Facebook, Instagram. Yeah. So if you want to get a rack contact robert uh if you're interested in the acrylic arboreal display that he has on there contact robert we'll we'll be getting those made and figuring out how to ship those out soon yeah um one of our friends wants 10 of them that's a lot shipped that's a lot i gotta come up with the i gotta figure that out yes uh if you want to get a hold of me it is simply underscore serpents on instagram or simply serpents on facebook i still have rainbow boas that i'm trying to get eat but i'm gonna try that trick that uh nick talked to us about using the uh the hunter's stuff that gets rid it of the scent. It worked so well for me. All my baby, not all of them, but a huge number of them ate last night when I did it. Yeah, the, it gets it's sold at I guess Academy, Walmart, or whatever. Yeah, I just ordered some on Amazon. That's a, you and Robert, y'all. I, I like going to stores. I, I hate going to stores. I avoided it at all because I have to go to Lowe's, Home Depot, Walmart, Target multiple times every week. I fucking hate going to stores. I like going to stores. I like going to stores. I am over it. Uh, Nathan, all you gotta do is just post it anywhere on Facebook, and as long as you have the hashtag, I'll be able to find it. We'll be good. So, again, that's for the giveaway for this month. Uh, if you want to get a hold of us at the podcast, it's the Reptile Gumbo Podcast at gmail.com or on Instagram or Facebook. Uh, get a hold of us, reach out to us. Uh, if you have any ideas for the show, if you think we should talk to our guests more and allow them to inter- I don't care. You can tell us. Nathan has a question. I already answered it. Okay. See, I was reading it and thinking about it, but not listening to anything you were saying, apparently. (laughs) Hey, honey. Nathan, you already won. You don't need any more stuff. Yes, ma'am. I'm just kidding, Nathan. That is your your catchy is coming to your house at some point in the future, according to Amazon. Yeah. That's, uh, you know, the rack that we gave away a month month ago. No, I'm going to fulfill it. I'm going to get it out there, but I have to fulfill paying customers first. Because, yeah, because plastic is. Whew. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, the stuff I got this week was just beat to hell. That was. We had to be very careful how we cut it because there were some pieces that That's just got on the sides. Man. Um, oh, thanks, Victor, for following me on Instagram. I, I don't post. I need to post more on Instagram. Uh I also need. I think I need to get a TikTok. I've heard people talk about how that's how they sell a lot of snakes nowadays. Using TikTok, mm-hmm. Corey, do you use TikTok? 
I have a TikTok. I think I have like three little things on it. I like did it for a couple days and then I got. And then you realized you were older than 18. No. So then the problem was I like, I have this thing with TikTok where if I open up the app, like five hours are gone. So that happens to Robert Robert all the time. I just can't, I just can't let myself use TikTok. (laughs) I do not have a TikTok, but my husband gets lost on it for hours. Not hours, 30 minutes. No hours 30 minutes and then he looks up for five and then he's back on it for another 30 <laughs> it's just hilarious. he looks at it up from 30 seconds maybe that is true uh but i have seen i, I may when i start having more babies i may try my hand at uh seeing if how that works selling babies on tiktok i don't that seems weird but i'll try it uh nathan said he got kicked off of instagram for absolutely no reason that's because it's owned by facebook and they make their own reasons for shit Yep, I got kicked out of a uh, PayPal for absolutely no reason. So shit happens. All right, guys, All right. that is it. Thank you, Corey. You've been Bye. amazing. Thank you. It's awesome. Thanks, Rachel, for being our first in studio guest. Thank you. Uh, now, now, Robert, she's your problem. All right. See you, everybody, next week. Goodbye. Bye.